welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 17. Once again with us, we have Mr. John J. Wolf, and tonight we are covering GCW and Black Label Pros for Cup Stuffed. Coming to us from the Grand Sports Arena in the Hoffman Estates in Chicago, Illinois. And before we go into all the show stuff, uh, we do have KG back on commentary since we did not have him last week, but he is back with us. So that's always a good start to the show. Yeah. Hearing KG's voice. And I know, John, you have some uh, pre-show stuff you want to go over before we head into the meat and bones of this event. So why don't you go ahead and take it away? Yeah, so what I really wanted to mention here was it was a midnight show at the Hoffman Estates. So for me, it's a really um, it's a venue I've seen quite a few times before. So you, you kind of develop a love for these venues as you keep continuing to see them over and over. But, you know, I'm seeing that green carpet, the old dingy curtains. I, you know, I knew exactly where I was at without even being told. But, yeah, there was like this midnight ambiance to the show. And I really thought that was just I, it always feels special, and I don't know why. It's like when you're a kid and you're up late watching something and your parents don't know about it. It has kind of that sneaky, special. I still get that shit at my age, man. But the other thing I wanted to mention, too, was Dave Meltzer's in the crowd. Yes. So Uncle Dave, baby. I like he made it. I like seeing at the Hoffman Estates a scoreboard in the back. Even though this time it looked lower and looked like it was barely hanging off of a string. I always like seeing that scoreboard in the back. It just as soon as I see that venue, I just I think of violence. When I think of see that venue, I think of uh like the the I think NGI was held there. And I just think of the last year's Art of War games match. Like I, I just see that venue. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a violent night or a violent weekend and we start the show off with not too much violence, but uh, with the GCW Black Label Pro, we got a lot of mix with GCW wrestlers and um, Black Label Pro wrestlers mostly. But uh, we start the match off, or start the night off with the first match of the evening, which is a six-person tag match with Gringo, Loco, Latigo, and Toxin, uh, compri compromising of one team, and uh, going against ASF, Jago Kid, and Laredo Kid. So we're starting off with the Lucha style, and of course, GCW's Lucha matches never disappoint. What were your thoughts on this match, John? Um, I was waiting to see what was exactly going to go on with Gringo. This was Gringo's hometown, so I felt he was really going to show out. I just didn't know how. And this match really did um, focus and feature him quite a bit, so I was really happy to see that, the hometown guy getting his pops. You know? I forgot about that. I also... Oh, gosh. And um, the other thing I learned, I learned a Spanish word. It was Latigo. <laughs> I found out that that means whip. So thank you to KG. We found out that uh, we, we got taken to class. Latigo means whip. Uh, the ASF Drago Kid Laredo uh, entrance was a little weird because when they came to the ring and they got in the ring and they go to do their pose, they didn't know where the hard camera was, so they posed often to the right on our television screens. And it doesn't happen often, but it was kind of funny. So if you get a chance, look at that. It's nothing bad. It's more of just comical than anything. And even the comedy, it's not in a bad way. Yeah, this match was just AFF taking a shit ton of bumps, man. His <laughs> mask gets actually knocked off into the crowd when Gringo hit him in one of the, in one of the moves there. It's just like, oh, man, dude was putting it in. Yeah, this was a fun match. Like, obviously, as we always talk about these Lucha matches, they never disappoint. And once again, uh, we get to see some new talent to this one because I've never seen Latigo or Toxin. 
And I was kind of interested, obviously, to see what they would provide because I've seen ASF, Gringo, Drago Kid, Laredo Kid, and the craziness that they provide, like a Hammerstein and stuff like that. So the Tigo Toxin, they fit in very well to this match. And I also like seeing mm -hmm. Gringo Loco not teaming with ASF since he mostly is teaming with uh, mm -hmm. ASF all the time. I do like to see them kind of go back and forth at it. And because ASF's like a good per opponent for gringo loco just because all the base that gringo loco provides asf and all the other smaller luchadors like i just love seeing the craziness and creativeness that they do and this match definitely killed it uh asf as you said when he mat when his mask came out i was like oh when's he going to take it off and he kept it on to start the match off and i was i was pretty surprised until as you said uh, gringo knocked it off so that was another thing that uh intrigued me during this match it looked good too you know he yes. pops that thing off it goes into the crowd it looked really good uh, there was a spot where Drago Kid was held by his hands and feet, and if anybody's been six years old, you can be kind of held by your hands and feet and swung. And uh, there was a point where Drago Kid was actually swung by his hands and feet, and they threw him into the air. Gringo Local jumps from the top rope, and he actually catches Drago midair, and then he secures him and hits a sit-down powerbomb, and this whole shit was all in one move. I mean, it yes. was just all one motion. It was beautiful. That was the move this of the match for me, too. Like, that was like, the, if, when we go back to moments, that was the moment of the match for me. It's like, I have never seen that. Like, I see them toss ASF from, like, a Hammerstein from the ground. They did that and swung him into the ring by himself, so that was, like, a little higher throw to make, but to uh -huh. swing him into a... Coming down Gringo Loco and catching him for that bomb, that was, like, so spectacular and awesome to see. I honestly can swear that ASF and Drago are getting faster. I don't I don't know how, but I can yeah, almost possible. swear that they, they just, I just, I don't know if they've upped intensity or what, but some of the stuff that Drago Kid was doing especially had some tremendous snap to it. There was a spot where he actually was standing on top of Gringo Loco, and I can't remember what kind of a move it was, but I mean, the snap to a full, it was, I think it was like a three-quarter, uh, um, it was a three-quarter rotation, and it was just phenomenal. And um, <laughs> there was just a lot of, like, triple moves. Latigo and Toxin got an incredible showcase during this match. It was a nice, um, it was a nice welcome to GCW, and honestly, I'm sorry if this isn't, but I'm pretty sure this was uh, their first time here. I, I personally haven't seen him before. Have you? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. Th this was really like, there was a lot of triple moves, triple pins, sit down power bombs that were triples. It was just, I mean, a phenomenal match. It was the quintessential. It, this could have been a scramble. No shit. It was really nice that they kept it as a six man tag team. But this, this I mean, it, it really did break down after about four minutes as these matches generally do. And it really turned into uh three versus three but i mean it it was really just a scramble and it was a fun way as always when you start off with uh instead of a six person scramble you want to throw in the six way uh six man tag match with the luchadors like you're always going to hit as that as an opening to the show and i thought that was a great start to the show um as i'll talk about later on this show kind of felt like it was co-produced because if the first part felt like gcw then as the night kind of went on it kind of fell more into a more black label pro show but it was still awesome and amazing like how they kind of went through it that's kind of how i felt watching this match like oh okay this is all gcw but then as the next few matches happen like we see the black label pro influence and i just thought for this show to start off hot was or to start the show off this hot was awesome and um made me excited for obviously what was going to come next the rest of the night because i didn't think 
they would start off the the night this hot as as much as they did. And Gringo Loco, Latigo, and Toxin do end up picking up the victory as Gringo Loco hit the power uh pop up power bomb. That was another interesting too. I don't think I've seen that uh -huh. a pop up the, that pop up power bomb that he did. That oh, was dude. Pretty cool. And in my notes here, I even put down satisfying opener. Yes. <laughs> it's just a satisfying opener. Uh, at the end of this thing, there were dollars thrown into the ring as always. But I mean, I saw 20s out there. So, I mean, people were really tossing their money in for that match. And um, I, could, I could take a match like that to open every show and never complain. Yes. Never complain, a, man. That was a great night to the card. Uh, a great match to the card. Sorry. And then we... Got the little clip here that the next match was going to be uh, M MDK, as in Murder, Death, Kylie Ray, going against Speedball. But uh, Nick Gage decides, nope, it's time for the real MDK to come out. And MDK, Nick Gage, comes out. Crowd goes crazy, as they always do. I love seeing, like I said, just even seeing the pop. I love it. Give him the recognition. Let him have that pop. And uh, this uh, interview gets interesting as Nick Gage gets his entrance and someone walks out. Who decided to walk out, John? John fucking Moxley walked yes. out, man. What a surprise, man. Yeah, he uh he just kind of comes out. It, it was unscheduled. So first of all, bonus to anyone who was there. They got a little more than they paid for in that situation. But uh, yeah, comes out uh, unscheduled. He kind of walks slowly to the ring. He's kind of staring at him for a little bit. He's taking the whole thing in. I knew absolutely from the beginning this looks like it was going to be more heel work. John really is working hard on being a heel. And um, we're going to talk about that a little bit. No, we're going to talk about that right now because I want to yes. talk about it. Uh, we have a problem with John. He's going to have a hard time playing heel, and he has been. I think Nick Gage is going to be one of the few people that he can pull heat from because I think John Moxley has a soft, stone-cold attitude where the more, uh, the more attitude he has, the more we cheer it on. Yeah. So the more normally the bad guy would be like, fuck you. And we'd boo. Well, over here in the stone cold scenario, John Moxley goes, fuck you. And we cheer. So we're going to have to have somebody we really love because otherwise it's going to be really hard to pull the belt off of John Moxley, especially with being the face that he is literally and figuratively. Yeah. And I, that was a shock to me and I'm glad KG and Dave Prezak definitely sold the hell out of it because I did not expect Moxley to show up to, this show, just specifically because it was attached to the whole Black Label Pro, um, I uh -huh. thought maybe they would save, maybe he would come out the next night at Art of War Games and made an appearance, because that seemed more um, feasible for me. But I, that caught me off guard seeing Moxley, and I was like, oh, what is going to happen here? Like, is we going to somehow have that match now and not wait? And maybe that leads into something bigger for Art of War Games. But I loved, it was just an old classic, old school promo, back and forth, uh, them cutting each other down. and. But like yeah, Dude, this the one, fans were so worked up, man. Yeah, this one for me got me more behind Nick Gage than Moxie because I would normally root for Moxie in this kind of match, and I still kind of am. But these last couple of promos, Nick Gage's cut is making me kind of more going to start rooting for him more. Obviously, I do would like to see him win because then the GCW would be the title would be back home. Hopefully, it'll be defended more than Moxie has done it, even though he's defended it more lately. Um, I I am now just. I mean, I'm split. I don't know who to root for, Gage or Moxley. Well, so I will say that what Moxley says here is primarily very close to exactly what he said the last time he appeared and talked to Gage. He says that uh, he wants to put Gage down like a dog because he loves him. 
he said that he beat Gage, but Gage didn't get the message, you know, that he should have stopped right there and quit. So, you know, he said he is coming back to put him down for good. All this has been said before, but he does announce that there's that October 8th show. This is going to be the show that's going to be at the uh, at Atlantic City. So we're going to be in our home territory for this. And this is where he's going to put him down for good. This is going to be the championship, the career versus championship. Uh, Gage says he's coming for that belt, even if he kills him. Uh, he also said that on the last one. I think what's going on here is they're making their point with, well, they're making their point with their points, and there's no reason to stray from it at this point. Um, there's no reason to candy up such a good message. Look, I'm coming over here. I'm going to fucking put you down. It's really simple. You've needed to be gone for quite a while. And then on his side, he's like, listen, motherfucker, I don't go down that easily. I've got some fight left in me, you know, so on and so forth. So this is, this is going to be really fun. And whoever's going to be going to October 8th, this show is just going to be freaking dynamite. I wish I was in Atlantic city for this one, man. This is going to be so, okay, no shit. I have a feeling there's going to be some history here. Yeah. And I think, I kind of go along with that because I know I talked about the whole with during homecoming week, how it kind of felt like it was repetitive as the the homecoming, like last year where Cardone and Nick Gage went at it. And then um, now we're kind of getting a little bit more repetitive doing the same exact fight club. It's going to be Moxley against Nick Gage again, where they last fought uh, in a GCW ring. But I think this time Nick Gage is going to be a lot more healthier. I think maybe that's why he took all this time off. Like, Hey, let me get healthy for this gauge or this Moxley match. I want to be in way better shape and put on a better performance than I did last year because I know he got hurt early on in that match. So um, I I'm thinking because of the not re like not repetitive this, but having it being in the same spot as they did last year, I think there is a bigger story to be told here. And I'm I'm actually super excited to see like what happens with that match and maybe Cardona because. He's upset that Nick Gage crashes wedding. Oh, that's kinda right. Gets involved with it. I think something with those three is going to lead into something bigger down the road. Where then and uh, the show on uh, October eighth is not going to be the end point uh, for this rivalry. No, no, no. It seems like this this whole situation because right now it's like a three way situation. This is a very fluid situation right now because you have Gage. He's in one spot. You have Moxley. He's the next step up. He's in many spots. And yep. then he's also tied straight there to AEW. So he's got the TV thing going on. And then you have Cardona not on TV primarily, and he's all over the place too. So what's going on here is if they choose to, the storylines go like this. They can they hate each other enough they can fuck each other each other over continuously. I don't yep. know how to write it in, but if they fucked over each other continuously, there would have to be someone, maybe that third person like Gage, that would be the beneficiary of this. And of course then, so here's the next question, because I want to know who beats Gage and they get the cheer. Who beats Gage as a face? And uh, what's it going to take to turn Gage a heel? What's that's a fun one. What's it going to take to turn Gage a heel? Holy shit. At this point, I don't think so unless he, he has turns to come on out bitter. I think he turns on SGZ, SGC and costs them something maybe. Um, uh -huh. But I I don't at this point I don't think like he wants his flowers. He's he's enjoying this. He's getting the crowd. He knows this is his last run. I don't think he wants to turn heel and get booed on his last run. I think if he honestly knows like hey, this is it for me. I want to go out. He wants to get the fans love and stuff like that. So I don't think there's going to be a face that could take it off Gage. If uh, yeah. that's how they play it out. I'm just trying to think of what major heel they could kind of have. And that would make sense. And I mean, we got Cardona, but I kind of don't want to see Cardona again. Um, 
one that kind of pops out into my mind right away to keep that dastardly influence on him is Cody Deppin. But I don't know hmm. exactly how they could go around with that. Um, hmm. But that, like, like you said, the, this story is not going to be finished at Fight Club. There's going to be a lot more layers to the story, and I can't wait to see what happens at Fight Club. What and what happens? Maybe who gets involved and where where the GCW belt goes from there. Going into the second match of the night, we have a new ring announcer as Val Capone steps in, representing Black Label Pro. And Yay. yes, it was nice uh, seeing her again. Like I, the first time I really saw her was at the, the Vegas one. She has a lot of energy. I like her energy how she amped it up, especially for this match. Like announcing uh, the, the competitors for the next match. Okay, no kidding. I'm just gonna say she was really nice and had a lot of nice things to say to my son. I mean, she didn't have to. She was just standing at ringside waiting to go into the ring. This was at the Las Vegas show. She talks back and forth to my wife all the time. She's a real sweetheart, and we try to be as kind as we can to her too, because I know she's out there really trying her thing. So this is my 30 seconds to just be like, you know, a real sweetheart. I'm just saying uh, hi to Val. Anybody that's nice deserves a little shout out, and she's been an absolute sweetheart. Yeah, she stepped in right away, kind of did a good job uh, taking the reins for this match over from um, MLJ. So that that's where I kind of like seeing the Black Label Pro and the, the crossoverness happen was stuff like that. So she definitely did bring the energy, and she announced the next competitors for match number two of the evening, which uh, ended up, in my eyes, being the match of the night. Like, that, they told such a great story. As Speedball Mike Bailey went one-on-one -on -one against Murder Death Kylie, Kylie Ray. And I love seeing Kylie Ray in the GCW ring just because of the whole murder death Kylie stuff. I loved when uh <laughs> when she was teaming with Nick Gage but uh years a couple years ago and uh carrying on that persona and they, I think she even had like special t-shirts and stuff like that. So it's always nice to see uh smiley Kylie, but also get turned into murder death Kylie midway during the mm -hmm. match. And this one, I know they kind of played up to it on social media. This might be the match where, like, no one, whoever loses their smile first is going to lose the match because Kylie Ray's always smiling. Mike Bailey's always smiling. And like I said, I was interested to see how this match would play out because I was, I was excited to see it because I know Kylie, it doesn't matter, man or woman, she could go. And we've seen Bailey go really good against women, as in Masha. And uh, that's the only one that recently I remember him going against was Masha Slamovich. And um, uh, this was a. Great match. Like I said, this was the match of the night yeah. for me. What were your thoughts on this match? Okay, so I was absolutely torn from the beginning. I was really interested in who was going to be the asshole. I do know that both Kylie and Bailey are fully capable of being assholes. That's that's actually drilled into Kylie's character, whereas Bailey, he has to um I don't say reach for it. He's but He's a great heel also. Anybody who's seen his work knows that he's got a great face when it comes to looking angry and, you know, making that kick look even more, uh, look stronger than it's supposed to be because he's making it look so. He, he crumples up his face really good. It looks good. With Kylie, the duality of her character is really the secret to her character. I love when she comes out all happy and poppy and then it just goes downhill from there and it's one of my favorite things i think it's great to see someone come out like that and then they just turn completely the other way it really um it's just a depth of character kind of thing i really liked it but um i really thought that kylie was going to be the one to turn first because it's built into her character so i thought mike was really going to be the face here and then they were going to go back and forth and then maybe mike hit her wrong and kylie goes wait a minute yeah. i thought this was friendly yep so, so I was actually looking for that kind of a, of a switch right there. 
I also like Bailey always coming to the ring now with the spinning kicks and, the, you know, the, the punches and just it's awesome. man. Just, I don't know when he started that, but it's it's awesome. I'm just waiting for him to like maybe play it out like it was an accident, but obviously have it planned out where he just like kicks like a fan and knocks the fan like kind of out cold, like just to see like, oh, my God, like yeah. and he goes into the <laughs> ring and like maybe he's distracted and that costs him the match because he's focusing on him. Like I, every time I see them, like, all right, who's going to get hit? Who's going to get hit? Because like some of these spaces that he's doing it in, like this one was a little bit bigger, but like in like Atlantic City, it looked like it was very narrow and like it starts off big, mm-hmm. but it gets narrow and it goes and he still keeps on going. So I always wonder whenever he's doing that, like who's going to be the first person he kicks? Yeah, GCW, I've kind of realized as I'm counting them now, is probably the company where I have the most I have the most questions on who's going to be face and who's going to be heel. And I'm actually enjoying which one will be it because I want to see I want to see Bailey's version of a heel. I want to see Kylie's version of a heel. You know, kind of those plays I want to see. There was a spot where there was 10 waist lock reversals. I, and I say 10, I didn't count them, but there was it was in the double digits. It was just a cute little thing. I believe there was also a handshake at first on this one. Yep. So it wasn't just a, you know, it was more of a fair play. This was, yeah, there were dueling cheers. The fans didn't even know what to do when this first came on. And they were working the crowd a lot for around the first minute or two. So I was, I figured at that point they were starting to set up the storyline, you know, who to boo, who to cheer based upon this interaction that they're having with the fans. Um, but Bailey ended up being the heel more or less. He, he yep. came out first. He was the heel. Uh, <laughs> he's outside the ring. There's a spot where he kicks a chair and I think he hits someone, but you see him go out of character just for a moment. He goes, oh, are you okay? Or something like that. I mean, these guys all care i'm not going to go deep into that but i saw a point where that happened and he he just he just went oh are you okay and then everything's good because you know it's all good yeah that i this match was awesome like they it was so clean i just loved obviously these two kind of rely on their facial reactions a lot to kind of tell their story and play their character stuff and i the whole story that they sold with like Kylie's back being her and speedball kind of like wanting to not take it easy on Kylie at the beginning or like wanted to take it easy. But then like, no, like I need to win this match. I need the winner's payday. I'm going to lay it in. And then Kylie, like, as you said, Kylie's like, okay, so I'm going to go here and I'm going to take it to the next level. And then I'm going <laughs> to now kick your ass. Like I just, they told such a great story. And like, I liked how it wasn't go, 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 go. It was, let's do a couple moves. Tell the story with our reactions and our interactions during the match. And then tell another, do a couple moves, continue the story on there. I like the pacing of this match was like incredible to me. Yeah, Mike really did a great job selling himself as a heel because I would say Kylie got about 70% of the cheers by mid-match. So the fans really were torn and you could you could hear it audibly. It was it was kind of an interesting thing. And it really was a touch slower of a match than I expected. However, they were trying to play up to the whole crowd, trying to figure out who was the face. So they did that on purpose. I mean, nothing bad by it. They slowed it down to create some type of emotion. I always appreciate that. So kudos to them. And I'm talking maybe eight minutes in and then here comes the uh, Kylie heel turn. So, yeah, Kylie takes a uh, flamingo driver from Bailey into like a submission hold. And there was just that was one of the few high points I really put in there. And the reason why I saying that was because this wasn't a high flying affair. This really was more of a boots on the ground situation. But Bailey failed twice hitting that flamingo driver. So I was really expecting that flamingo driver to be the end. He's really good at that stuff, man. Yeah, that's where the story 
compelling for me was like, oh, he's going for it. Oh, I like someone got it. like I've I've seen people get out of it and stuff like that. But then like when he goes for it the second time, oh, he's going to hit it this time. Oh, he missed it again. And then like the third time he hit it, I was like, it's over. That's it. That was perfect storyline. Hey, mm-hmm. I, I got you where I guys want you. I hit that flamingo driver. Hit it. One, two, kick out. And it was like. I don't think I've ever seen anyone kick out of the Flamingo Driver, to be honest with you. That's one of those moves where hmm. I thought was protected right now in my eyes. Like, there's very few moves where I'm like, oh, like, once it's hit, it's done. Because nowadays, obviously, you hit, like, two, three finishers, and that's how much it takes. But I don't think I've ever seen anyone. And I could be just totally mistaken. It, like, But in the moment when I was watching it, I was like, she kicked out of the Flamingo Driver? Like, yeah, what yeah. the hell is going on? And then I was like... Then I brought it back to like the whole storytelling. Like, hey, they went for it twice. You missed it. You hit it the third time. That's like, hey, usually this is it. I finally hit it. It's done. To kick out of it is like mind blowing to me. And like that, this match killed it. Like Kylie Ray, that was one of the probably the best match I've seen her have. And I've seen her in a couple times. Like, and she's amazing. Like she never fails. And Bailey's just been on this entire role for 2022. So hey, he doesn't miss. And this match did not miss. It was so fun. Um. I'm 100% with you on liking the, I don't have a better word for it, but the almost moves. Yeah. Like he almost gets it. He almost gets it. So that note that I had put in my notes here uh, that, you know, we sometimes both look at, I actually put in there that there was two near misses because I was expecting probably that finisher. So uh, 14 and a half minutes, man, they really did fill it up. I'm really, I'm still kind of off a little bit about how anyone can be so dedicated to fight, fighting barefoot. (laughs) That is, that's freaking rough, especially out amongst the crowd, because sometimes if you really look, there's so much shit on the floor during matches. By the way, fans, please clean up stuff, especially for safety reasons. But yeah, (laughs) uh, dude, that's pretty, that's pretty fucking tough, man. That's pretty tough to go out there and, and hope that you don't hit glass or hope you don't slip on a drink because I think we saw someone slip on a drink. Uh, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Or yeah. The next show, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next show, the next show on his, on yeah. his entrance. Yeah. He slipped in the corner. Um, so. yeah, but like even during this show though, they, <laughs> you bring it up to the, the fans, like later on when the matches gets into like the stands and it turns into like the old football stadium seating where like, uh-huh. like someone landed on nachos or almost landed on nachos. I remember nachos being like involved somehow, some way, but it's like KG's like, get your nachos out of the way, protect it. I think mm-hmm. even before this match even start or before not this match or this night, I think he was like made, made a comment of like the lady that was like not facing hard cam, but she was like on the hard cam side, just eating nachos, turn around. And I remember KG's like, look at her just enjoying her nachos and wearing that purple shirt. Like, <laughs> and then like later on here, the nachos again, it was pretty funny, but this match was fantastic. Mike Bailey does end up picking up the victory as he tapped out Kylie Ray with, I forgot what move it was, but it was, uh, yeah. the Boston crab, Boston crab to sell into the, there back you go. Injury. That's what it was. And yeah, like, dude, yeah, Kylie's was... back injury was a big focal point during this match. I, you know what? If she if she didn't have one, she sold it sold it really well because she was really on that thing, and it happened all at one point. And I'm like, okay, when somebody has an injury, you kind of know how to how they really react. If you've ever been injured, man, and uh, so I keep watching. I'm like, you know what? She keeps holding that one side, like that one area there, and I'm like, oh man, something might not be right. But yeah, if it, if it wasn't, she sold it really well. Um, okay, so the happy ending. This is for me. Uh, they ended in handshakes and hugs. So, you know, it it's all fair in love and war. I thought it was really cool that they were able to still be friends when it's all over. Yeah, and I thought I definitely 
those two have a lot of similarities in my opinion like obviously i think like their in-ring is in fantastic but like their mannerisms or personalities like mm-hmm. hey like we're looking at the bright side of the life like we're not trying to let the negative affect us we're trying to get in our own zen here i need to get in my own get my own mental health ready like i don't need to focus on what's going on out there like you're my opponent like i just like their chemistry was amazing this match was amazing i don't know if they've ever wrestled before either like if so i want to go back and find out where they wrestled before again because that yeah. was in, that, that's how good it was i want to see those two either prior or maybe further along down the line in bcw have another come back to this match because it was incredible so the one thing that i will mention because i don't know how many other wrestlers have used kylie's gimmick somewhat but there has been one group off the top of my head that did do this they would kind of come in all nice and happy and then it would kind of go to shit and then they'd hulk out almost um well hulk hulk's one <laughs> hulk hogan but um the killer bees i don't know how much you do or do not know about them they're from re- back in the day they actually dressed up as bees if i remember correctly right yeah no yeah, shit okay. so here's what happened they come to the ring like normal guys they have their smiles their 80s hair you know they go out there and kick ass and then all of a sudden during the the match towards the end there you'd see them both just go into the ring and you're like okay what the hell if you've never seen it before what in the hell and they literally no shit come out dressed as bees and they beat the fuck out of people. and i'm just like wow that is such a great little gimmick and this is primarily kylie stretches it out so there's better effect emotionally i i don't know a better way to say it but instead of it just a boom snap yeah. she likes to she i've watched a lot of her matches because i enjoy the way she does this but her her getting mad and her switching characters, she purposely creates a slow descent, and I love it. And I, I think it adds to the storytelling, especially yeah. like during this match. Because I mean, I remember the last match I think she had against uh, Alley Catch. Maybe it was in the same venue. I don't know where. Uh, one of her matches with Alley Catch, I remember like she came out smiling. Then you just like right before the match, some fan said something. And I remember she turned around all smiling, like, fuck you kind of thing. Like, yep, I'm still yep. in here. And then like, as the match played on, like she just focused in on that fan. And every time she like had her in the abdominal stretch and was like, yeah, this is what you like, this is what you said about me. Here's this to your favorite, like <laughs> the more alley catch. Like I, like she was awesome. That was amazing. Speedball is always amazing. Like Kylie, Kylie speedball. Let's see part two real soon. And that will lead us into our third match of the evening, where we get a little different kind of match. As Shane Mercer, the Iron Demon, goes one-on-one with Marco Stunt. And right away, I'm like, all right, how far is Mercer tossing Marco this round, this match? Like, every time I see Marco against one of these giants, I'm like, all right, Marco's going to be tossed around here. That's what happens in this match quite a bit, Marco. It's always nice seeing Marco in GCW ring, though. I love the the music. I love the entrance. I love. Yes. He did kind of skip a little bit of the big guy entrance, if I remember. I don't think he came out like over the ropes like how he did. Um, yeah. He kind of didn't got rid of the giant gimmick a little bit, and then he did bring it out later on in this match, though, which was kind of cool way to do it. But I love seeing Marco like in this form, not as much as the Andre or the Giant Killer. I like seeing uh Marco in this match or in this kind of uh, gimmick. So, what was your thoughts on this match, John? Okay, so every time I hear the music, and even this time, I felt like you always get this nice, clean, squeaky Marco. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're kidding. That it's our, it's our dude. Like it's our little, it's our little Marco. You know, like protect Marco kind of thing. Keep <laughs> him in glass. Don't fuck with him. But um, Marco just seems like a genuinely nice guy. I haven't had a chance to meet him, but I'm really hoping to one day because the fans really do 
seem to like him. I notice he's never in any Twitter issues. Like he's never having any issue. I don't hear anybody saying, you know, fuck Marco or anything like that ever. So I just wanted to uh, mention that I keep watching and I keep watching and it just seems like a nice guy. You know who he reminds me of? I think we've been talking about it too, but like it just popped in my head. So maybe we have talked about it. Spike Dudley. He yes. was GCW Spike Dudley where the crowd loves him. He's earned their respect. Like just off what he does in ring, no matter the opponent, he's always going to be there for you, but he's always going to make whoever's in the match with them look fantastic. Better. And yes. then you always know you're going to get a crazy, like, holy shit spot from him because it's Marco. Like, that's what Spike Dudley was known for, especially near the end of the day. It's like, hey, he's going to throw out through how many tables this time? How far are you getting beat yeah. up? Who's yep. going to beat him up now that shouldn't be beating him up? Like, Marco, I think, is GCW Spike Dudley. And that's not a knock. Spike Dudley had a very lucrative, very famous, popular career in wrestling. Like, I love Marco filling this kind of void in our kind of GCW's version of ECW. I like that little Marco went all the way to the other side of the spectrum and said, I'm going to take Andre the Giants thing. Yep. And actually got the singlet. (laughs) (laughs) And then tries to sell the choke slam. And that's the first thing he tries to do on Mercer is... Try to put the choke slant on him. And of course he was going to do something like that. Um, going outside of it just for a second, I think the next step up for Marco would be a Haas tossing him around. Maybe when Juicy comes back or something like that. But uh, Tankman. Tankman would be an excellent guy, I think, that would like to toss him around. You don't think Shane Mercer fits your Haas category? Is no. He... Uh, no. 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 Okay. Okay, I don't mean this in a bad way, okay, but okay. I feel Haas's... Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I feel Haas's... Um, I feel there's a separation between hosses and strongmen. I think both have close to equal um, muscle mass, but I think that with strongmen, they're more into cutting that fat and looking leaner, and you know they're making their body this um, this lean machine that uh, can can not only lift a tank but can lift and take that tank two miles down the road on his back. Whereas with the hoss, it's not about speed. It's not going to be about um, cutting down and being lean. It's about being brick thick and it's about having that um, that muscle and being an immovable force where I feel like um, you can move a strong man a little bit before you'd be able to move a hoss. Yeah. Um, And the reason why I say the hoss was because you had mentioned, um, well, it was getting there. Bam, 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 Bigelow and how he used to toss around Spike Dudley famously yeah so he's that's i think that's where it came from plus i'm always hoss centered man yeah i know but the hoss that you like i like too because it's not they're not yeah. just big guys they're they're big guys with in good like intention to cause hell in the ring and they have the athletic ability and the ring talent to do it like i don't I, yeah. when i see like i don't say hoss but like something like you see these bigger guys in other companies like okay they have zero wrestling background they can't do a match all they can do is just look good and strong for five minutes and that's it where all the hosses that you like and that we've seen and we enjoy those hosses quote unquote they can go in the ring they can tell a 15 minute 20 minute match tell the story look good in the ring and make it all look good instead of just hey five minutes i'm big bad tough guy watch me strike this guy and throw this guy around like i like the hoss with the athletic ability So here's kind of how things have changed over the years. Um, Back in the day, I believe, because I was listening to this the other day, someone brought up that Muta, I believe, was the last, uh, was the first person to ever bring back or to, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied here, that Muta was the first wrestler to really bring the backflip 
that somersault that's off of the off of the top of the ring or off of the uh, top rope. And then it only took a couple years and then Bam Bam Bigelow could do it. So we're getting to a point now to where the average everyday hoss that's worth a shit can do what a 175 pound man or even a 150 pound man could do 20 to 30 years ago. That's just the evolution of the game. So for me, I look at those hosses as I don't know. It's just deeply ingrained in me that bigger for me seems to be um, the more you can, the, the heavier and the harder the impact, the more impressive it is personally. To me. Yeah. I don't know. I just, if I'm 42 and I'm a big boy, but I would love to see some guys come out that put the fear in me old school. Like I'd love to see a guy come out that I wouldn't want to piss off in a bar. Yeah. Not everybody has to be a star. I mean, not everybody has to look Hollywood. I do like the rough looking guys. You know, filthy Tom Lawler is one of those guys who's got that rough look to him. And he is fucking tough UFC guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, MMA guy. I don't know if he was UFC, but I know he was definitely MMA. Yeah, he was. I think he was UFC. Yeah. Marco's going to kill you, Chance, dude. We got Marco's <laughs> going to kill you, Chance. That, that was awesome. Dude. I love the Chicago crowd. They hit it on every single show. Like they always bring it and always make the show that much more entertaining. Dude, Marco was used like a medicine ball. Yeah, he sold it. He sold everything really well. But yeah, he was he he had like the sporadic offense. He did a lot of top moves because obviously he's trying to get physics on his side to give him just a little extra because physics aren't necessarily on his side if he just wants to sit there and trade punches with mercer uh mercer's mercer's athleticism and strength is just phenomenal i'm really i'm really um i'm surprised he hasn't been picked up by someone and brought on because of the fact that he's such he's just such a good strong man and i'm really impressed with him yeah he's got such incredible moveset too like he's creative he's i want to see him go against like brian cage like i think that's the match i definitely want to see those two, because they're not just big guys who are going to stay. Like they could fly, they could, they do mm-hmm. creative ways to showcase their talent and their strength and stuff like that. Like that's a match I kind of is on my radar as a one I want to see coming up here soon. But Mercer, like I, I know I said this to you before we even started the podcast. Like I think this this match along with uh, like this this weekend was Mercer's Mercer killed it. Like this was yeah. a very good yeah. showcase of Mercer. Like hey, look at all the shit I can do. Like watch me toss Marco around. Like little rag doll and that's exactly what he did but he i think this was a good spotlight for him to do this and marco did an excellent job to elevate that story and make it uh, make me feel that way because the way he was selling it the way he was trying to act like he was the big guy and do some moves i i just think mercer this was a we talked about the last couple of weeks like maybe dark chic had an awesome weekend or kevin blackwood or mm-hmm. Starboy charlie in la like i think this one was for me was shane mercer's Kind of not coming out party, but like, hey, this was his. He killed it all weekend long, and I can't be happier for the guy because, as you said, I have never seen anything online either bad about Shane Mercer's. I'm glad to see him get that spotlight and absolutely kill it like how he did this. Well, first off, let's just I went ahead and looked this up because I wanted to be fair. Right now, Marco Stunt is billed at 117 pounds. So that's his that's his wrestling weight. It's not going to be easy to throw around 100 pounds. So, yeah. so holy shit. I mean, if anybody's ever taken a hundred pounds and lifted it over their head, it's not necessarily always the easiest. And Mercer's doing it like nothing. There was a point where he was in, he was in the ring. He picked up Marco over his head and then threw Marco out into the crowd. 
it cleared four rows of seats. KG said six. I might have to. KG was there live. He had wrestling, wrestling six rows. I have counted four. And it was absolutely impressive, though. You know, Big Vin was right there just in case. But, just I mean, him. he fucking launched him. I don't know if I've seen a launch like that possibly since the Spike Dudley spot. Yeah, he. I, I, was, I thought the same thing, too. Like, KG6, like, no, I'm only counting four there. And I, like, because usually they tease it, and then he won't, like, really get the toss off. But that one, Mark, yeah. went flying. And I just love the referee, Max Recon, too, like, he kind of made it seem even more crazier than how he had to go through the rubble of the chairs and kind of, he did each one like individually too, to kind of like say, Hey, row one, row two, row three. Like, uh -huh. This is how many rows that I had to go through to get to Marco stunt. So I thought that was awesome to see too. And just shortly before that toss too, Mercer was, had uh, Marco up on a suplex and then ran to the second turnbuckle, jumped on the second turnbuckle and like did a, elevated suplex like jumping off it oh, which was crazy. Yeah. he did like one of those ones where you know he tosses him in the air catches him like he's going to do like that tour of the islands moves lifted him up back on his shoulder and then just pile drive him like rikishi driver so i was like what did you just do to marco like what just happened in those three seconds where he did three different moves like mercer is so incredibly strong and so athletic and like i love how he could fly he could do all these moves and still just toss Marco six rows. I'll give it six kg because it sounds better. Six rows, <laughs> and Marco just went flying. I did like as you said, Big Vin just then. Like I just like when I saw the Riz, I did like Big Vin. Big Vin just kind of looked down and was like, "Oh, what are you doing all the way out here? I thought the match was yeah. there." Kind of thing. Like what's going on? Oh, okay, it's out here. Okay, let me start getting the other fans ready and uh getting creating the space to get you back into the ring. It's kind of like it caught a Big Vin off guard, which I loved as a little side piece to that move. And kind of playing off your thing, too, Mercer was teasing that moonsault and battery quite a few times yep. before that eventually did kind of uh, take root. Mercer hits this top rope backbreaker. I don't know when or if I've ever seen a top rope backbreaker, but it was perfect between Mercer being the strong man and Marco being 117 and able to take a top rope, uh, top rope backbreaker. Yeah, uh, I would say that Marco has tremendous trust in Mercer because... Where he was at several times, if uh, he had any questions about Mercer's talents, he probably would have would not have put himself up there. But it was just, oh, before I forget, when he threw Marco out of the ring, how did he get him back in? He picked that son of a bitch up, <laughs> went over, and casually throws him from the floor onto the top and over the top rope and into the ring. Yeah. Like so, I mean, the whole thing was just fucking fantastic, dude. Yeah, this this match was awesome. And he said the trust. Like that was another thing too. I'm like, dude, how well does he does he trust like Shane Mercer? Because I know like he's had prior matches against Shane Mercer, and they've been kind of like how this one was. But uh -huh. Marco's done that with KTB, um, Shane Mercer's training partner. Like that's where Marco made his debut was against KTB in New York City. And it's just like seeing because those are two big men that I love watching in the town. Like, I was like, we these are two teams like, or that's a team I kind of wish we would have mentioned. Seeing those two guys in that Art of War games tag uh, match that we got the next the next time. Oh because yeah, those two could be just as hardcore. Versus done the death matches. KTB is a former GCW title holder. They still could go. They still look incredible in the ring. I thought that would have added another extra element to that Art of War games match. But like this, I don't. I, Shane's just incredible. Like I think he mm -hmm. he deserves some more title shots. Some more of these. Uh, 
showcase matches against maybe some bigger opponents as we've seen some other wrestlers get from other companies because I, I just don't know how they sleep on him <laughs> when they watch him do all these moves. And he's tough as nails. We've watched him do death matches before and he's willing to bleed. He's not in a point where he'd mess up his looks and whatnot, but he's definitely willing to go out there and take a shot. I've seen him take some head, you know, some shots to the head. I've seen him cut up on the arms. So it's not like, it's not like something he can't do. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go with one little direction on this because I will say that right off the bat, this was way more wrestling match than I expected. And there was way more um, moves than I expected that were impressive. I was thinking maybe we could take that 14 minute match, add a couple more minutes to it and split it in two. I'd actually like to see two, but I'm going to go to a three. But basically three matches worth of unique moves were taken and put into about one match within 14 and a half minutes. Whatever he was doing there could have literally been divided over two or three shows, and it still would have been impressive. The reason why I'm saying that is because these two work so well together. I'm thinking that they could do a small series where Marco's just getting the shit kicked out of him. And then let's just say, let's do the blow off on match three and uh, somewhere on a main stage, maybe have him finally uh, overcome Mercer. Yeah. That's a mouthful. <laughs> I, no, I agree. That, like, I would like to see like when Marco start, does overcome Mercer, like he hits him with that choke slam, and like the crowd just goes ballistic. And like, I think a great place to do it would be in either New York or New Jersey because uh, those crowds absolutely love Marco, and they just eat him up, like in in a good way. Like they want to see him succeed. They cheer for him. They always get behind him. Like I, I think that'd be a cool way as a blow off, as you said, of just boom. Marco gets that choke slam on Mercer and he finally hits the big man choke slam. Like, I think that'd be so cool to see Mercer's big ass body jump up. And so yeah. I think that'd be just a great, awesome, as you said, <laughs> awesome way to end that whole rivalry or feud or whatever, like set of matches they had, because I think they could do a lot of cool stuff with that, with the, with these two. Dude, winner, uh, winner, yep. chicken dinner, Shane fucking Mercer finally hits that double moonsault and battery, dude. Yes. Yeah, so just, like him, him. just like you like. Yep, he didn't hit him once. Hit him twice nope. with it, and like the second one, like yeah, he's just so crazy. Like that second one just totally obliterated. <laughs> Poor Marco's like, yeah, he's done. I, I, there was after he like lifted him up the first one, I'm like why you don't got to do it a second time. And then he's like, no, <laughs> let me just lift him up here, press him over my head, do a pop up moonsault and battery on top oh. of the regular moonsault. Like Shane Mercer just so he's a like a gifted athletic freak in a good sense of the uh -huh. word because. I he just blows my mind every time I see him, and he's fucking cut. So a hundred percent, he's putting in the work. You can see, obviously, he works on himself constantly. Yeah, but though, so the other thing I did like about this, this was kind of the last thing I was going to mention. Where at the end here, you know, stunts kind of beaten up. He's on the ground. You know, Mercer's already left, and then here comes Big Vin. <laughs> they they go ahead and put him in Big Big Vin's arms, and then stunt kind of gets carried out of here. And I put it's our little hero. So. I like kind of like too, like Vin's like, hey, look, no hands. Like he was carrying him. He kind of like, yeah, yeah, hands. Yeah. like, hey, look, I got no hands. I'm carrying. Okay, just kidding. Like just a quick little <laughs> boom. This is easy kind of job. I'm happy, man. This was this was this was a lot of match. It could have been like I said, two or three because I would watch these two again easily. Yeah, I like yeah. I said, I want to see more of Shane Mercer tossing Marco around. Sorry, Marco. Maybe get your brother Logan in there to take some of these bumps, but uh. I prefer you, Marco, to take the damage as messed up as it sounds. Yeah, that's okay, man. We love him.
Yes. Uh, fourth match of the evening. And this one I was, I had a big question mark because I've never really seen uh, one of the competitors in this match. I always thought he was a journalist. <laughs> I never knew he was a wrestler until then. So I guess that's my fault. So I was, this one that was the big question mark for me of the night because in so going into the match, it was a tag match of Killer Kelly teaming up with Tom Lawler going against Bully Starks and Brian yes, Alvarez. Yes. And Bully Starks definitely played into it when she entered in, just totally even cut. Brian Alvarez wanted to come out and get the praise, and she just comes <laughs> right out here, just like, what What are you doing? Let's just go in here and get this shit done. Like, And then like she gets right in Mouse's face, is like, move, move, please. Yeah, I like seeing yeah, those interactions cool. whenever she's playing the Bully, bully character. I like seeing how... Uh, mouse would react to it but these four competitors like i said uh i i would just had a big question mark it turned out to be <laughs> beyond anything that i expected like i didn't really have any expectations i just had an open mind going into it and these four killed it i love seeing the interactions between uh brian alvarez and killer kelly and just like her it's like yeah i'm not i'm not gonna get you yeah i'm gonna wait till it's my time near the end of the match but when i get my hands on you the crowd and you will definitely know it this is my ring not your ring and you need to go back to your journalism and go back to write and stuff like that and tom lawler being as you said like his character the like he just comes in i want to fight okay you're fighting a 16 year old girl and a journalist like this is going to get ugly <laughs> like i never thought of it like that like this is going to get ugly oh, but i want to see it like Beat it to me right. right now. So I immediately got into the match more than I was more in. I got more into it as it happened than I was going into this match because I had a lot of, like I said, it was like a, just a big giant question mark. What was your thoughts on this match? I thought it was cool that Bully Starks was acting uninterested from the beginning, right from the gate. And then it was funny to watch Brian try to grab heat. Like he was trying to get heat as much as he could. It's really hard to hate Billy slash Bully. It's just one of those things. She has a smile. You can tell it's a genuinely decent person. So it's going to be hard. Um, it's just hard to watch uh, someone like her try to play a bad guy. She plays it, but she has a tend to smile during her matches sometimes. So even when she's playing the bad person, I, maybe it's her age, but she'll smile every now and then. And so yeah. you're like, ah, and I think it's because genuinely she's having a shit ton of fun. So I can't really say anything bad about that. Um, I've never seen Killer Kelly or... I just haven't. Um, have you? Yes. Okay. I've, where, where, do you I've know? seen her. Like I think the first time was NXT. Um, she was on NXT for a little bit, and then um, and other little indie promotions. I think she did some work in Ring of okay. Honor too. I'm not. I might be mistaken on that one. Um, she has wherever she's been. It hasn't been long. If I if I'm okay. thinking correctly, okay. I've just seen her in, like little spurts of this company. There's little spurts of this company. Little spurts of this company. Now I know she's full signed onto Impact Wrestling, which is. Cool. It adds a nice little dynamic, like with her and Masha in there. I think they bring a different vibe to that all whole Impact Women's, um, whatever they call it, the Knockouts Division. Um, yeah. I think that's a that was a great pickup because I think she's always been talented wherever she's gone, and that's why I've kind of kind of always wondered, like, how come she hasn't stuck anywhere? Because she's not like she has a different look, which is I think a good thing. Like you want different characters, you don't want a lot mm -hmm. of the same stuff you see, especially in the in women's divisions. You kind of see a lot of the same stuff for. DCW, every woman is completely different to what they bring to the ring. Like Kayla Kelly is completely opposite than Bully Starks and completely opposite than what we saw earlier the night with Kylie Ray. Like, I think she has that cool, badass looking to her team in with Lawler and they had like the matching uh, jorts and stuff like that. I thought that was a, <laughs> I thought that was an awesome thing of like to add into this match as well. And that's where I've seen Kayla Kelly. Just not, not a lot, but here and there sporadically. I really, I really like her look. 
I think she has great facial expressions. She's able to, you know, show on her face what she's thinking. I, I think that's awesome. She also has that GC, uh, GCW style attitude. She's a no backing down kind of person. She hits things head on and it shows uh, she's the kind that will smile at you when you punch her. I'm really a big fan of someone like that. So for me, I'm actually looking forward to seeing more of her. And I'm actually not going to judge anything more on her character or in-ring work until I honestly have seen more of her. But what I've seen so far in this, well, actually, that was a good match, 16-minute match, uh, but it was a tag. Um I actually want to see more of her. And I think that if he, she keeps with the attitude she has, I think our fans are going to take to her. Yeah. Us, I, us as fans, I think we're taken to her. Um, and again, she's a pretty lady too. So that's going to help take to her. But I don't even want to put that as much in there because she really does have the whole package so far. I just need to see more of what she's capable of in the ring because so far everything I've seen, I mean, she's again, I'm more into the attitude, the look, fuck it. Every, I'm not judging people on looks uh, in that way. I'm judging them on, uh, you know, how, uh, how they look that may affect their character in ring or their story. So, I mean, in this situation, I love seeing a girl who, you know, somebody would punch her and she'd fucking turn around and smile at him. Yep. maniacally smile yeah, exactly at like that's it yeah. that's all you got to give me like i like this stuff you didn't you just made that enjoyable for me so thank you yep yeah i thought we came here for a fight is yep. what she's kind of getting across there and of course whole town guy filthy fucking lawler we love him all day long uh melzer getting camera time i thought that was kind of cool that we kind of put some cameras in melzer's face during the alvarez match yeah i, uh, I, I was i was kind of shocked to see him just in general there and then let alone on camera yeah it's um this was this was more fun than i expected i thought it was going to be more shitty i don't know usually when you have someone come in that wrestling isn't their normal thing or isn't their normal thing anymore unless they've been working on it for a long while there's always going to be rust or it's always going to look a little out of place or a little so there were some spots where lawler just chops alvarez and lights up his chest i don't know if you saw that i honestly yep. thought he was gonna bleed dude it was one red. Point. yeah he just he i loved how he did that too to show like hey guys like i'm taking this beating obviously i know a lot of you hate me i know i say a lot of stuff about like the wrestlers and stuff like here beat me and like yeah his chest was just red and like I remember there was one spot outside when Tom Lawler like was about to chop him, but he's like, Hey, wait a minute, Kelly, look this out. Like Kelly's like beating up bully. And like, she looks over and like, Oh yeah, I want to watch this. I want to watch this. And like, <laughs> she did, he just chopped him and he's, she's like, yeah, yeah, my turn, my turn. Like she wanted to hop in there and get in there too. And like, I, yeah, I, go ahead. But that was fun. No, no, it was better than I expected. Really. Alvarez worked really hard to get heat. He was using more of like an American collegiate wrestling style. It was kind of old fashioned. Uh, old school. He was doing a lot of old school with Lawler. I think that's where Alvarez was more comfortable was on the ground. I believe he does teach martial arts somewhere. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I think he's right. But also Lawler was given props to Alvarez literally during the match. And then he starts laying in with those chops at that point. But we were talking about how she, uh, how Kelly has that maniacal look to her. That literally happened in our next little bullet point here where basically Brian attacked Kelly and Basically, I think he pulled her hair and she fucking like turned around and, and just stared at him like, ah, ha, ha, whatever, you know, like she's going to fucking just tear into him. Yeah. And I thought from that point forward, we were just going to have an intergender match, but things kind of separated back to where they needed to be. Yeah, I, I, after seeing 
Kelly come out, I was like, right away, the matchup I put in my head and probably going to be on, done on Impact so I could watch it there. But I would like to see it in GCW because with those two, I would like to see them kind of maybe get a little crazy. Not Sawyer Wreck, Charlie Evans crazy, but I would like to see them without a little bit <laughs> of rules in the match, kind of see what yeah. they can do to each other because those two, I think, are going to, like, her and Masha, like, that's a match I definitely want to see is her and Masha Slamovich after this match. And Alvarez, I think, like, was in there, not... uh didn't showcase a lot. Whatever he did showcase, it was just in little spurts, which was kind of good, though, because yes. I don't think he wanted to take away from the actual quote-unquote competitors and stuff like that. But he did want to tell his own little story of, hey, like, I if I could, I could handle it, guys. Like, let me, if you guys have a problem with me, come talk to me. I can handle it. And I'm going to show it to you in this match where I could take a beating and still, like, do my job professionally outside of in the ring. So I, he stepped up for what he did and he took a lot of damage which i thought was awesome in this match and like i said this was way more entertaining than what i expected to be and i'm so glad it was because they all four competitors was awesome seeing and tom lawler i love seeing him like this and he's you can tell he's enjoying himself doing this wrestling stuff yes like, yes he's not just out there just like he could come out there and be like a badass like hey i don't need to do this stuff i used to be ufc where he's like just dove head on into it and like i love seeing him uh in the gcw ring because we don't see him too often in gcw there was a spot where lawler and uh, killer kelly did like a double submission lock-in and i just wanted to mention that was one of the few double team moves that were in there otherwise i'm a big fan of double team moves and i would have listed more but there was a point yeah. where brian tried to tap out lawler an mma guy and i thought that was fucking hilarious yeah was... and like Lawler's just like really yeah yeah, yeah. are you fucking serious <laughs> dude really but I mean, in this match, I would say that Lawler did the majority of the work. He was the one that I think ring, ring general a lot of this because he, he was the workhorse in this one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this was this this was about getting Brian Alvarez out there. They they shined on the pluses and then they hid the negatives, you know, pretty well. And for me, I think it was a good soft first match for Killer Kelly since, you know, she has a partner. And I think uh this was a nice way to introduce her. Well, if not to GCW, then at least to me, because I'm definitely interested in more of it. I think she's capable, at least to this point, And I haven't seen a damn thing to say otherwise. Yeah, this was a great match. Um, Killer Kelly and Tom Lawler do end up with the as uh, they end up tapping Alvarez out, which is also funny yep. to see him like, OK, give up, let go. Like, <laughs> I love I loved the whole match. Like I said, it was this that match. I went in a question mark. I left with an exclamation point. It was awesome. Like, I definitely wouldn't want to see all more three competitors, not so much Brian Alvarez. Maybe show up once every one, like once a year. I'm fine with that. But mm -hmm. uh, for what for what he did, though, he was awesome for him to go in and just throw his ego to the side and tell a good story in this run. I was very entertained. Me too, man. And that leads us into another entertaining match. As the fifth match of the evening is bad boy Joey Janela going against Ernest the Cat Miller. And it was nice seeing Ernest Miller back. I kind of miss I miss seeing uh, him on the WCW days. He was one of those characters where every time I saw him, I always had to just, like pay attention and watch because he's a very entertaining character. And he looked in incredible shape too, better than I was assuming i thought i saw something just recently where yes. he might not have been in too good a shape but maybe he was going through an injury or something like that but he looked in in really good shape today or in that match and going against joey janela joey against any legend especially especially <laughs> like 
a legend that maybe can't go and put on a real match. I'm always interested to see what Joey pulls out of his bag of tricks to make this an entertaining match. And he didn't have to dive too much into this match, but he does end up bringing some of his uh, tricks out of the bag and showing Ernest Cat like, hey, this is how we do it on the independence. This might have been a while since you've been down here. So this was an entertaining match. What are your thoughts on it? I think Joey works his ass off so hard that it's really nice to see him come out with that DDT Extreme Championship belt. Oh, I right forgot about that. That's that. Yep. No, no, that's the first thing I'm going to say, man, because honestly, it's really nice to see um, him recognized in some fashion because he really is putting on such unique individual matches that you can't compare one to any of the others in the last, let's just say, two years, three years. He, what he's going to do with the cat here is completely different than he did with uh, somebody else. I don't really have it off the top of my head, but I have yet to see a Janela match that's similar to another Janela match at all. And but, didn't, he just, didn't he just like fly in like right before that event from England, if I remember correctly? Like, I think I remember them say like he just got into town and went wow. right, right from the airport right into the ring. Like, I don't know if it was that in, like close to the wire, but just to have the jet lag, it's got to be enough to make you kind of question like, dude, like, can you have a wrestling match that much oh, yeah. later? Like, yeah, that, that was a little other point I forgot to mention, too, is like that was kind of crazy hearing that stat. And I totally forgot. Once you brought up DDT, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that part. So I just want to get that in there, too, for the fans. Like, this might not have been a great Janela match. You said it. I thought it was I thought it was super entertaining. But the reason why it might not have been up to your other people's standards is that, hey, he just got in. He might be jet lagged, just flew in from England, like right to Chicago for this match. So yeah, I gave him a little break on the match once I heard that. So. For me, I was totally digging the cat's tiger stripe velvet uh, shirt or jacket. I don't know. What is that? That's a vest. That's what that is. His tiger striped. I can't believe I'm saying that as a full grown man. His <laughs> tiger striped velvet shirt that said, somebody call my mama. I was laughing my ass off when Joey legit went outside the ring, grabbed the motherfucker's phone oh. and called Cat's mama. He told Cat's mama yes. his boy is going to get his ass kicked. That was so awesome. It. Yes, that was awesome. Joey. Joey moment there. I was like, yes, somebody, somebody did it. And that was awesome. Joey killed it within. And that's how I like how he improvises like stuff like that on the fly. He's comfortable, man. Yeah. I really like it too, because that comfortableness is what's bringing out all this, all this uh, creativity in him. So, but this, yeah, this, this match was not your typical Joey match. This was a match where he was playing to the cat strengths primarily and you could see that there was more punches there was more holds the cat wasn't going up on the top right and jumping out you know <laughs> jumping out to the end of the ring uh joey's tells someone in the crowd i don't know why to kiss his fucking ass i don't know what happened there i have headphones on and i couldn't hear what he said but he literally stopped what he was doing pointed at someone told him to kiss his ass i don't know but um this match only went outside for one quick minute and basically it just ended up being chops primarily and i believe janela got thrown into a chair and then i believe it went right back into the ring right yeah off top of it yeah so let me see here janela attempts a top rope springboard and crashes oh shit yeah and then crashes onto that chair i'm looking at my notes here we had fuck em up joey fuck em up chance which i always love okay here we go my favorite spot of joey's match joey fakes a fucking heart attack and then goes up on the top rope, touches both elbows, and hits the fucking Ram Jam, dude. That that killed me. The uh, Ram Jam, and maybe I'm yeah. I'm ignorant here. What like no 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 what no, is no. The, okay. What is the backstory on the Ram Jam? 
do you remember a while back there was a movie about a professional wrestler and oh. it was randy randy the ram so the point was the wrestler right was You're talking the, about the yes. Rourke one. okay okay i got it yeah, yeah. yep yeah, so basically at the end, you know how he was kind of like, okay, if I do this, I'm going to fucking die. Yeah. And he's like, okay, that, that. Yeah, so he totally went over attack. my head. <laughs> wow, totally went over my head. All that part right there. Oh, man. That's it, what it I love. No, it, it was fun. It's just like it went over my head that Joey was jet lagged, and I didn't know that he was fresh out of England, honestly. I think that's what they so. announced me right before the match and stuff like that. Like that, and now, now, now I'm feel so ignorant on the Ram Jam because even Joey, like during the match, you see him a couple of times, I like, kind of hold his chest, hold his chest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, like he pulled something. I, yeah, I, I, that shit went right over my head. Uh, we got a, we got a crotch chop from Cat. And that blew up the crowd really funny. I don't know if it was just, I don't know. It was old school. He did the old, you know, DX. But I found it overall interesting that Cat was chosen to stop by. I really liked that he stopped by. It was a good one-time thing for me. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I also liked that after the end of this match, too, he was a serious shit talker. I don't know if that's normal, but I did like that he kind of played up at the end of this match as he's walking i jumped the end of the match i'm sorry yeah. but <laughs> no it's all good like it was a fun entertaining match typical joey joey match um i i i, I can't believe i missed that i feel bad because like that's the shit i love with joey because you'll throw in little <laughs> little like easter eggs during his match and i that one just flew right over my head like i didn't fully watch the wrestler i watched like bits and pieces of it but it didn't look yeah, like, yeah i didn't really enjoy it so maybe that's why i totally just didn't even think about that spot but um Joey Janela does end up winning as he does like a top or did his top top rope uh, double stop onto Ernest the Cat for the victory. But what caught my eye here was, and I don't know, like what the whole thing was, he just mm-hmm. he rolled right out, went right to the back, like didn't celebrate, didn't raise his hand. He no, it was about the cat. It was. I think no. What I'm you were talking Joey Janela leaving quickly. I was thinking maybe he was upset with something about with the cat or maybe like something oh. that came maybe longer. I don't know. But I I just jumping with all the wrestling drama nowadays. Hey, I might be jumping there. But like hmm. he like this was very odd. Where like maybe I originally thought the same thing as you did. Like hey, give the it's a, give the cat his legend time. Flowers. I, I, yeah, yeah, I do this shit all the time. Like hey, this is one type of him. But like. He didn't like normally when he does that, he'll raise him up, he'll give him a high five. Like you're he, right. He hit the finish, like literally one, two, three. He was right next to the rope. He rolled out, walked right to the back gate, and that was it. And then even Ernest Miller didn't even stay in the ring. He rolled right out and then like got into it with the fans. Talk so, shit left, yeah. Exactly. So I was wondering <laughs> what was going on there, to be honest with you. But maybe it was just like Joey trying to give the cat the flowers. Maybe cat, like, hey, like I let me just I got enough during this match, or maybe there was a time crunch or something, but that was what stuck out at the ending of this match. I was like, okay, he got the victory. Oh, he's gone. Like, whoa, he's really gone. Yeah. Stopped out. Like, and I maybe wonder if something happened maybe beforehand. Um, that will lead us into our sixth matchup of the evening as we have Masha Slamovich going against Sandra Moon, representing, oh, I can't say that one no more, but representing the East Coast rep, or West Coast, representing LA fights. Um, this was a thrown together match. They said that it was not announced on the card. So they just happened to have those two competitors in the area that it would be a good match. And I'm really glad it did. Cause like, I didn't expect to see Sandra moon on here and her to see her go against Masha. That was one women's match. I was interested to watch because I love watching Masha, like her striking Sandra moon. We've seen her out here in Vegas quite a bit. Um, she kills yeah. it every time too. So I was 
I was excited. It was an un- unexpected surprise uh, for this match. What were your thoughts on this match? Uh, yeah, big hello to our semi-local Sandra Moon. We saw her last week. <laughs> I saw her last weekend, I believe, and I'm going to be seeing her one or two more times in the next month, I believe. Uh, not not like I'm following her as much as it's just she ends up being in a lot of our local shows out here in my area, and it's fantastic because she's talented as shit. Yeah. But it, it was great seeing her in GCW at any time, so thank you. I just It's wonderful. I, I wanted to say thank you. But this was a hard-hitting slugfest is what I wrote down here. They really just kicked the shit out of each other. There was no better way to put it. And this was exactly what I expected. I thought this was just going to be a fucking slugfest, and that's exactly what they did. They hammered the shit out of each other for eight and a half minutes, dude. Yeah, and then uh, we go back to the nachos. We were talking about earlier the nachos. The uh, Masha ends up outside of the ring with Sandra Moon onto the bleachers, and she goes to hit a yes. Um, well, it ends up being a sit down power bomb. I don't know what she was looking for there, but it turned into a sit down power bomb. And like I remember, KG on the like on the announce, uh, announce team, like, hey, watch out for the nachos there. Make sure you guys clear the area. It's like it's getting crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't forget about the nachos. Like, I I just love when KG does little shit like that. And um, Sandra Moon definitely stepped up again. Like we've seen her in GCW before, so it wasn't like her first time. But it's always nice when we do get to see her out, especially not on the West Coast, which was um surprise. And I think she had something to do with Epi's Big Gay Brunch. I have not watched that yet, so I, maybe that's where... I think she was part of that card, so that's why she was out there. Sandra? Sandra? Yeah. Yeah, Sandra yeah, Moon was part of it. She wrestled thought. somewhere in there. Okay. I haven't... Uh, I have to get into a thorough review. I haven't done it yet, but I do remember seeing her on the card. That was like the shocking part of me, because I'm like, wait, why is she here? Like, why is she in the Chicago area? And oh, now she's in a match with Slot, uh, Masha Slammer, bitch. Like, okay, I'm in. I want to see this. Um, it was a quick match because, like I said, I think they just threw it together. They saw the timing of the show. They would have extended it a little bit longer, which I am all for, because in that short amount of time, there was all action. Go, go, go. Like, it wasn't one of those ones, hey, let's tell a story. Let's, hey, let's go out there, beat the shit out of each other, get the crowd into it, and then set it up or what's to come up in their next two main events. And both women absolutely nailed it. And it was awesome seeing them go against each other. Yeah, half of this match was pretty much spent outside the ring. And then they finally got into the ring. When they they did get in there, Masha ended up finding a door propped in the corner. And then she gets put through it instead. And it was such a fucking hit. It, It ended up pulling GCW chance out of the crowd. I'm noticing something here, and I wanted to kind of mention it. I'm starting to see that when it comes down to booking Masha on a card, GCW does, I I say GCW, I don't really know who's sometimes always booking. There may be decisions made on the fly, but GCW in general does a really good job at matching opponents to Masha's style of fighting. Yep. And I've noticed that she only fights certain types or certain ones. And it seems like they're the ones that fit with her older school, strong style of punching so i just i just wanted to mention that because it was just an observation and i just wanted to say that yeah they they do a damn good job at that just making sure that the uh the card is at least her match is balanced and stylistically too like i know they do a lot of matching the styles together which is awesome to see but even when they match up styles that makes me like why are they like how are those two gonna connect i think more than not they actually those competitors do make it work and it's mm-hmm. very very rarely have we said like oh like i know we said it a couple times we're like hey stylistically i didn't understand why and it didn't work out but then there's other times we're like dude stylistically it's not going to work out and then we watch the match we're like oh my god that worked out the competitors stepped up 
they changed their game up and made it awesome. Um, I love, I like always, I stylistically, that's how I go into each match. I'm like, okay, this two, these ones, I don't know how it's going to be. I've never seen them before, or I don't think uh, those two stylistically would match up. And then I th usually 75% of the time, if not more at the end, I'm like, that made sense. Thank you, Brett, for putting on a match where I would never think about putting on and it delivered. So that's why he's in charge of GCW and we're not because that's right. <laughs> like he, it either hits or misses, but most of the time it hits. And it's always a pleasure to see Masha going up against someone stylistically. And Sandra Moon was a perfect fit because out here she just, she's a striker. She does a lot of like the moves too, but she, she takes a beating like, She's yes, up she there does. with Alley Catch and Evans, where I've like seen her out here in Vegas, just getting her ass whooped by these men. It's like, like I said, sometimes like you, I become like squeamish or uncomfortable seeing it. It's like, man, can we tone it down just a little bit? But that's props to how tough the women are. Yeah, legit. I was gonna mention it if you didn't. Sandra's stupid tough. I've seen her just take a couple fucking solid ass beatings and just gets up and goes. Yeah, she she can seriously take a punch. Yeah. If um. Because of that, the way this match was, if someone really wanted like an old school hardcore hardcore style match, this would have probably been the match they would have enjoyed on the show because the older school like style when it comes to a hardcore match, you know, it goes out for a while. You know, they break a chair, hit something here. There's not a lot of weapons, but there are some weapons that goes back into the ring. It's a wrestling match again and it's over. Yep. So for someone who really was a big fan of that, I would say late 80s to mid 90s style that would be something that they'd be looking for and i've also noticed now the more i'm thinking about this is that gcw seems to want to put one of these matches on every card and i wonder if they're trying to make sure they cater to that pure wrestling fan also i, I don't know i think they do because yeah. like we that's why we kind of like gcw we don't just see the same shit over and over like the yeah. entire night we're going to get a comedy a technical old school match extreme match a death match two legends going against each other or legend being brought back going against a joy janelle or somebody or mm -hmm. two like they usually have like dream matches some of, the, some of these cards like sometimes just dream match cards that you can't get anywhere else other than right now at gc so that's why i love the variety that's why I, when i always talk about wrestling where people like um they're like what's gcw i tell much wrestling they go like oh like oh i'm a fan of wrestling i go like okay what do you like do you like the lucha deathmatch blood the old school the big characters and whatever they say i could right away like usually find a match or show them a match or tell them a match about this and like that's how i try to get new gcw fans that way is like get them to what they like and show them like hey it's not you might have heard gcw you might think this they're just the deathmatch company but they're actually not they do everything great and crazy and so i always try to like so whatever style that wrestling that they like mix find a match for them to hopefully they'll, they'll watch this like oh this is what gcw does i like it i want to see more of it boom here you go and then they're into into it to watch the technical masterpiece and then they're like who's jimmy lloyd he's getting his ass whooped he's great yeah. death match wrestler who's matthew justice he just flew off this rope i never heard of these people this is crazy like it opens up their minds to see the rest of the night of all the different stylistic matches and i think there, that's where GCW kills it. So the two words that have uh, that have been the biggest sellers for me to anyone else on GCW has been watch this. Yep. That's all I've had to do. Man, I've actually pulled someone into my house before that was BSing outside because they were a delivery guy. And I found out they're a wrestling fan. And we were watching a scramble with Nick Wayne and, you know, your, your, your scramble people. And he's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I go, dude. I was like. 
you're a wrestling fan and you don't know what this is? And he goes, no, what is this? And I told him, hey, it's GCW, da, da, da. And then he's like, this is fucking amazing. And all he did was watch more of the mainstream shows. And that that was me, too. I'm not yeah. going to. I mean, literally, I, I put in 30 plus years of mainstream that's and barely watched. Yeah, that's 99.9% of wrestling fans is mainstream. Yeah, I'm like, dude, come on in, check this out. He walked out. He's like, oh, this is freaking awesome. And so he wrote down GCW. I even told him where to find it and everything else. And um, and he came back to my house and delivered pizza yesterday. And we're going to see him at the Grab House show. You oh, and me, dude. Like, nice. he, uh, yeah. So this guy is like, he told me, he's like, I knew there was a different, like the independent scene. He said, I didn't know how fucking cool it was. Yeah. And I yeah. said, yeah. I said, now watch GCW. And he goes, no, that's what I'm talking about. He goes, I had no idea how fucking cool it was. And I'm now, like, now's yeah. the time to promote indie wrestling. Cause I, I, cause I just got into it recently and back then it was crazy. And it seems like ever since I got into GCW, got into independent wrestling, it just has gotten crazier, 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 better. Better, better. Like, as a wrestling fan, no matter mainstream indies, wherever you like your wrestling or what you like about your wrestling, there is something out there for you. And shit is crazy right now. And it's so fun to be a wrestling fan right now. I got like a similar story of you. Like, I wore my, I see it in your background, your GCW, GCF and W shirt. I got mine yeah. at Hammerstein. And then, like, my trip back from Hammerstein, like one or two days afterwards, I got back there. I was wearing that shirt and like I was picking up uh, something at 7-Eleven and the guy goes, ECFNW. Oh, is that like a play on ECW? I'm like, oh, it's kind of like what ECW was then. It's kind of what they're doing now and stuff like that. So that's why they copied their shirt. They're like, wait, there's another like extreme like company out there that does like craziness. Like it's not just in ring yeah, stuff yeah. and storytelling. Like they actually get crazy with, he goes doors and chairs. I'm like, yeah. And if you really like that stuff, they throw in some glass planes, uh, glass panes. They throw in light tubes. They throw in barbed wire. Yeah. And yeah. like, you just see his eyes like open up. He's like, Oh, I got to go check it out right now. And like, I was like, dude, check them up on YouTube. They got a lot of clips there. And then you'll be able to find their stuff. Um, Throughout their YouTube, I'll tell you where to, if you want to find more stuff. Like, and he was like so excited. I never saw him again, so I don't know like what happened with that. But <laughs> just like him noticing the GCW spinoff of the ECW shirt was kind of cool that he noticed like, the difference. So that's what we do this podcast for us to get these yep. more GCW fans out there. So going back to Sandra Moon and Masha Slamovich. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The match. We always will get back there. We just always dive off into our own thing. Masha Slamovich does end up with the victory as she puts Sandra Moon through a door on her head and pins her for the one, <laughs> two, and that will lead us into, as uh, Val said, our co-main event of the evening, as it is a Black Label Pro uh, match here, as the Black Label Pro heavyweight title, it will be defended as Calvin Tankman goes against all night long rich swan and i was in this was one of these like stylistically i want the big man i love rich swan i know he's gonna do his little high fly and stay away from getting caught by calvin tankman we love seeing calvin tankman in any kind of match especially with a nice well-rounded veteran as rich swan is i was looking forward to this match um i was even kind of chanting or clapping along a little bit when they at the beginning of the always match, at the well at the beginning of the match they're like New champ, old champ, new champ. Oh, I'm old sorry. Champ. I not even the gun. song. Yeah, not even the song. Like I, yeah, I 
didn't clap for the I I I hum it in my head. When I see hear the song, I'm like, <laughs> I just hum it in my head. I don't clap along. <laughs> but like my clapping was actually like I was pounding on the table, like new champ, new champ. Like it's yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. new champ, old champ chat. Like on the how they did it. So yes, this was our co-main events of Black Label, uh, main events, their main events of the show. Calvin Tankman against Rich Swan for the Black Label Bro heavyweight title match. And this this was good. This hit for I this hit this for exactly what I thought this match was. It was perfect. Well done. I loved it. Rich Swan just never fails to amaze me. Um, with how good and technical he is. Like he's been around for long. I don't think he gets the recognition. Like him, ACH, um, guys like that, like have been in the wrestling scene for so long wrestling for all these companies but they never really got like the big big push in these companies where i love seeing them getting the push on the independent scenes for a company like black label pro because rich swan definitely deserves it i'm a huge tankman fan no yep. lie you know i've said it a hundred times but aside from a hoss same thing as i was saying with killer kelly it's not about you know he has a great look tankman has a great look he's got a decent personality that he shows every now and then he likes to interact with the crowd like a kevin owens style or a kevin steen style uh working at the crowd i'm a big fan of wrestlers doing that the more that they can get kind of involved with the fans i feel like that interactive uh nature kind of plays out and it pulls more from the fans so i think the more there's that play in between instead of just the fans yelling at the wrestlers it kind of makes it more interactive and a hell of a lot more fun um if we can get tankman on the mic i don't know how he how good he is on the mic but if we can get him to talk more or get on the mic i think it's going to elevate him to another level it's obvious he's strong it's obvious he's got a good look it's obvious that he can carry a title so now it's just a matter of finding out what he has to say because if he's going to be important he needs to have important business yeah, I think I've heard him speak only once. Um, and I want to say it was like at a night show, like at one of the collectives. I can't remember which show. Like, As a, it was, like it was on real, the microphone? Yeah, it was real quick, like after okay. the match. Like okay. he's like in the corner, like exhausted. I, I don't remember who it was, but I remember hearing him talking like, yeah, he, I think he was in that little promo. It was like short and sweet, but his voice and the way he presented it, like has big, tough, badass written all over him where I, I agree with you. I want to hear more of him on the mic. If we could hear Blake Christian, Joey Janela, Vic Gage, all these times we could fit in some other, these wrestlers to give him some mic time. I would Calvin Tankman's up there with me to hear him kind of broadcast his own, like how he thinks of his badass, like explain himself of why people should be afraid of him. And that's what that promo that I did saw did a little bit of not a lot but did a little bit of where it made me kind of want to see him talk more especially like oh, I, I remember i went to mlw which i want to hear him talk more in mlw so i know he does oh, okay he does more talking in mlw but um for what it was that night i wanted to hear more talk about like uh what i was watching the gcw show so so this 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 match started with a handshake and then it went right to the outside yep and it just got ugly from there uh tankman was calling rich swan cruiserweight shit I don't know if he's called him cruiserweight shit or if he said he's just tired of fighting cruiserweight shit. I heard like, yeah, like I remember when we were talking about one of his matches, like, Brett, you got to keep giving me these small guys. I'm going to keep fucking them up, man. Like, that's that's what I thought. Like, I thought that's what I took from when he said that. He's like, more of this cruiserweight shit. Come on now. But it was fun. Um, uh, How did this match start? I forgot how this match starts. Oh, yeah. Uh, No, you're good. I, uh, I. 
I'm I, sorry, I, froze, I fell my, apart for a second. Yeah, my brain froze there too. I was like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. Accidents happen. Uh, Tank, there's a point I wanted to tell everybody if they get a chance to check it out. Tank with the cartwheel and a cross body slam onto Swan is absolutely fantastic. Uh, if he does it again, I'm going to love it. I hope it kind of stays in his arsenal. You could tell right from about that moment, I think that was minute two or three, that Swan was obviously going to be fighting an uphill battle through this whole thing. I think it was because it was part of the, the built-in way the card goes, but the fans were pretty gassed. I'm guessing we were close to around 2, 2.30 in the morning by this point. Yeah. So... It wasn't anything against Tankman and Swan. The crowd was seriously tired at that point. And you could see it on the kids. You could see it in some of the people there. But it was still hard-hitting, boots on the ground. This wasn't a flashy match. This wasn't a high-flying affair. And it honestly wasn't meant to be. So these guys had something that they had to get done, and they went in and did it. They weren't trying to be main eventers. They weren't trying to steal the show. And that... um that control is something that I really appreciate. Yeah, I how I view this match was it was there was a reason like we're not getting too crazy. We're not taking as many chances like they didn't want to take the chances. They wanted to stick to what they knew because it was worth for the uh, Black Label Pro heavyweight title. Like that's what my mind thought of like when I like I kind of thought this was more like UFC like um like, hey, I can't do something I've never done before just to try to win this match. I got to stick to what got me here because this yes. competitor, like Rich Swan, like, hey, this is a big man. I got to stick to what I know. Use my knowledge. Run around the run around the ring. Hit and move. Hit and move. And then I thought Tank was like, hey, I I just got to stick to what I need to do and catch this guy because if I catch him, I know my power is going to be done. Where I think they made it nice. It was a simple match. Like I guess that's a long way to put it. Simple. For a reason, there was every move was done with a purpose to try to yes. end the match and try to win. Like I just had a heavyweight title like boxing match feel to this match because I they didn't want to do anything too risky to give their opponent the advantage. That's what I was thinking. This whole match of how it played out was like maybe Rich Swan took more more um, chances because he wanted to get the belt from Tankman. Where yeah. Tankman's like, nope, you're gonna have to beat me. I'm not going. I don't have to beat you for it. And I thought that storyline played out where it felt, as we talked about a couple of matches earlier, the old school feel. This had an old school match feel where uh -huh. we don't need all the crazy, the fuckery. This is our black label segment. We're gonna do a black label pro style heavyweight title match in ten minutes. We're gonna get this story done and tell an awesome story. And the crowd, like, uh, I think KG did make a mention where, like, hey, like the crowd for when they did get into it near the end of the match, where it's Two o'clock in the morning, the crowd's still sitting here cheering. This is Black Label Pro Wrestling. Like, yeah, right, right. GCW. I thought that was so cool. Like, And you explained it perfectly well. At the beginning of the match, after the clapping and the dancing and the singing was over, Tankman kind of changed the mood when he came out here seeing the big guy. Um, but they never really got too into the match until later on. And I think the timing was a great reason why, as you said. It wasn't because of anything with this match. The match told a great story. It was just freaking two in the morning. I'm watching wrestling. Like I had that same, <laughs> I kind of had that same feeling watching Black Label Pro in Vegas. Like they had a late show in Vegas that night. Right, right. And I was like, that man, it's almost like too. Yeah, it was like almost the same time. I was like, man, it's almost two o'clock. Like I'm tired. Like I saw what I wanted to see. Like I want to see this match. I want to see what happens. But I'm tired. Like I, I don't have the cheering left in me, man. Dude, I'm a rebel. I'll fucking stay. Cause like I said, I think I've got this inner 
12 year old kid in me that if I can stay up late and mom and dad don't see it and I can watch MTV or if I can catch the late night show and they don't know, like it's more exciting that way. Yeah. I get <laughs> but, it. Um, yeah. Swan had two great moves in here. I wanted to mention there was a spot where he did the uh, it's like an excellent execution of educated feet. If anybody's seen educated feet, it's an excellent little move. It's not easy to do. Go check it out. But he did this educated feet move and he went right into a frog splash. And if you know what educated feet is, it's really hard to run right up from there into a frog splash. Check that out. The second was Swan. He took um, he took a <laughs> well, he hit a stunner on Tankman and it actually spiked Tankman on his head. So I'd have to say the Tankman did an excellent uh, an excellent sell on that to make it look so damn good. And again, that gave Swan um, some power to the, you know, some impact to that move. But I found myself saying two things that I said about the previous match. Um, number one, they beat the shitty out of each other. And I actually felt like I watched this match twice, but not in a bad way. So it's kind of funny, but yeah, they beat the shit out of each other. And then the other thing I was going to say that I don't think I said in the last one was they're going to be fucking sore the next day because they did beat the shit out of each other. But yeah, this felt like the same match twice. And I'm actually happy with that because I think the fans needed to relax before this this big main event. I've noticed that too in a couple of these matches I've watched. Um, I wonder, like, I want to say it was like a speedball match more recently where they did the match and it looked like, hey, that could have been the indie was match one. Then, yes, yes. Like, then they, Good point. Then they went in, like they started it right from that point, slower again, more methodical, working body parts are built up to like a second ending of the match. Like I've noticed that more recently in a couple of GCW matches and other companies' matches too, where like right when you said like you felt like you've seen this match, seen this match twice, I was like, I think they told two different stories into this match where like I, I don't know like how to explain it, but it just felt like two different matches happened at the same time where, hey, we finished that spot. That would have been the end of match one. We're ready for the second half of this match. We're going to end it right now. And like I think that's where I would kind of thought when you said, like, saw the same match twice. I was like, I've been noticing the more, not in a, as you said, not in a bad way. It's like, really, this again? Yep. Like, no, this is another match telling a different story in the, in the process of you know, the first match originally going on, which I think it's cool storytelling that they've done. And, I give a lot of credit to that to Rich Swan because I've seen him do that in some of his matches in Impact and elsewhere. Like sometimes in the old GCW, he wrestled back in the back in GCW along like when they were first starting and stuff like that. So um, it's like I said, this was a nice, good Black Label Pro heavyweight title match. It it felt like there were stakes that line uh, on the line, and they absolutely killed it with Tank Man picking up the victory, retaining his Black Label Pro heavyweight title. And he ends up hitting the Tankman driver on Swan for the victory. And that will lead us into our main events of the evening as Team GCW, consisting of Blake Christian, C. Clope, Cole Redrick, Jordan Oliver, Miedo Extremo, Nick Wayne, <laughs> and Tony Deppin going against Team Black Label Pro, consisting of August Matthews, Crash Jackson, Davey Bank, Dominic Garini, Joshua Bishop. Kevin Koo and Levi Everett. And um, didn't they add, if I remember correctly, they added two competitors to each team, right? At the beginning of this match, correct? Yeah. So originally this was um this was posted as a 12 man, and then they added to it. Don't quote me, I believe it was Joshua Bishop on the uh Black Label Pro side. I 
could not honestly tell you who yeah. the guy was for for i mean i can look it up without killing too much airtime but i mean i could probably look it up and see but yeah this was originally a 12 and then they expanded it i'm guessing uh we had people that wanted to work and do their job so <laughs> but, uh, add more talent to this match i'm all for it like i'm all for yeah. more talent on my shows more variety more different styles it adds more value to me as a viewer i'm getting not just oh the same typical same matches like more wrestlers more variety more action more excitement and you know so right off the bat here team team black label pro comes out to some awesome willie nelson music i liked it some of his team obviously didn't like it i i think the crowd were whatever with it but um i don't know i thought it was kind of cool in a not cool kind of way yeah but, um they tried to give Black Label Pro the these guys are corny kind of treatment. You can even see how they were announced. It was kind of, uh, you know, um, then, of course, Team GCW comes out. Deppin's music. We built this city. So that comes out. But um, once the once everybody finally got in the ring and I'm seeing what 14 men look like in a ring, I put in my notes. I'm thinking, oh, fuck. Because I don't know what's going to happen. But in my mind, I'm thinking scramble style. So I'm thinking 14-man scramble, which is, yeah. <laughs> but spots everywhere, bro. Spots everywhere. Some, I couldn't write there, it down. There were some big boys in here because, like, I I think uh, when I first saw this match, like, jo Joshua Bishop is Sid. Like, he is absolutely Sid. Yep. Sid. He wants to be, too, because you can see with the hair and stuff, and I 100% appreciate it, man. If he can pull it off, dude, he's already got the look and the attitude. You can see it. He's got that dicky kind of yeah. attitude. Like he can, I don't mean it in a bad way, but I, I mean it like he can play that fucking character of Sid like maybe not many others could. Yeah, I, I see yeah. like the psycho Sid version of him where he's just yep. like... Like yep. he's got that long lost look in his eye where he's one bad word or movement or something where he could just snatch and just go ballistic <laughs> on everybody. But I want to like I love seeing the violence is forever. I love seeing uh -huh. them. I want to see them more in GCW. Like I don't know what what's the, what the deal is there, but I those are two people that I think fit GCW to a T. Oh yeah. Like yeah. They, they might not like the deathmatch stuff and the extreme stuff cuz I I know they kind of like they rely on like the history of martial arts and stuff like that, which is what I think that what separates them apart from other tag teams. I just love like how they don't give two shits who you are. Like I'm not here. To, I'm not taking it easy on you. You're my competitor. I am kicking you with every ounce that I have. I am punching you with every ounce that I have. I am slapping you with every, like so much effort is into every single one of their strikes, which I, those two, I, that was like when I saw them, I'm like, why aren't they in GCW more? So I would really like to see them more in GCW. I know you had your boy Crash Jackson in here. That was nice yeah. seeing him getting involved with some of these GCW wrestlers again. Um, as some of the uh, team on GCW were the high flyers. So we get to see Crash Jackson and his hostile kind of interact with the high flyers. And Tony Deppin just loved like he's like was like the brick on the football team that was like the star quarterback. And this is my team. We're coming out to my music. See my guys. Here's what I got. And then like. That's all. That's all you guys got. Like you guys brought these guys. I brought all these. Yep. Yep. I got all these guys that are, have my back. And you guys, like I just said, like kind of like really. That's what you brought here in this kind of fight. Like you brought. I don't know the same. I forgot to say. Like you could have brought more than that. Like that was kind of like disrespectful that you were even in this ring with you now because we thought you'd be bring more talent with that. And like that's the asshole and Tony Depp. And like as uh as we've said and as KG has said, that makes Tony. Tony Depp and everyone's lovable asshole, but he's our asshole, so we love him. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of a numbers guy. I really wish I would have added up the build weight in this, but I'm almost 100% sure that the Black Label Pro team had a lot more meat because yeah. Crash Jackson's quite large. Uh, Dominic Garini is quite large. Yeah, it's Crash, Joshua Bishop, <laughs> Dominic Garini. Yeah, those three guys right there probably equal Deppin. I don't want to say Extremo. And I don't want to say Ciclope because I can tell you right now, those guys are probably brick thick. Yeah. I just, I, I watch them and I see like the size and whatnot. And I know they're probably late thirties, maybe forties, Yeah, but they have like a, they have a thickness to them though. And I don't, I don't want to say they're, they're uh, lightweight because I've seen quite a few guys that are smaller and bulkier that as long as they lift weights, man, they're heavy. And I loved how GCW picked. Pretty much probably if you gave us a roster of 10 wrestlers, right? Pick seven out of this roster. Like that, that's our GCW normal crew right there. Like that's our, when we say the normals, the regulars, like that's our crew is that who they brought out those seven competitors. That's what I wanted to see represent GCW in this style of match. And say there was a team GCW versus black label pro uh, death match. I got seven more for you. I could put out there that are GCW regulars. Yep. Like, so I thought, Based off the style of this match, I thought these were the perfect seven competitors. And it once again gives other fans, Video, Extremo, and Ciclope, like you might think of them as death matchers. Here they are. And once again, no fuckery happening, no craziness. Like this is what they could provide to this match. And this was very fun. Like I liked how they, everybody got their shit in. There was action everywhere. They all got their moment to shine and they all absolutely killed it. Um, and I, just seeing this match made me think violence is forever. I want to see more of them in a GCW ring. Dude, I um I had a kind of an interesting thing here because I was saying that I was looking for a scramble match initially. I was thinking this place was just going to be outright chaos. So something interesting I was noticing in this match that I didn't see in scramble matches and especially in our opener with the 3v3 was... um. The wrestlers all made a concerted effort to make sure that the ring was going to be used as a spotlight. So you could see quite a bit that the performers would be towards the outside and then in would come two. They would face off and in would come one or another two or three. So you could almost just see them standing outside of the ring and using the ring like a, a fight circle, you know, yeah. the squared circle kind of thing. So I really didn't expect that. I didn't know what to expect, but it was interesting to see that they put thought into how they were going to handle 14 minutes. Well, you're going to have to, but I really thought it was interesting that what they came to was, look, we're not going to fight on the outside Why everything's going on. We actually want to have what's going on in the ring as part of the spotlight. And I appreciate that because honestly, if I've got a guy fighting five feet to the left with me, and then there's a guy to the right 11 feet over, I'm going to be watching that shit. And oh, we're supposed to be watching the ring also. So uh, they also made a concerted effort not to use split screen. And I think that's because they made a concerted effort to not fight outside and let the inside of the ring be the real wrestling match. Yep. Um, but there was a lot of near falls. There was a point where Blake was second guessing saving Wayne. I don't know if anybody really saw that, but I think he was I just noticed. playing it up to fuck with the crowd. Right? I, I noticed it because that played off of what happened a couple of weeks prior where uh-huh. they had the thing like that. I did. I wondered if you picked up on it. That, that yeah. was in my notes. I'm like, Blake still feeling a little hurt with Nick Wayne, like something's still going on there. It's like, are they going to maybe 
use that as on Blake Christian's way out of not performing as much to elevate Nick Wayne. I didn't know, like I, that was my thoughts originally. I was like, I wonder if you caught on to that little yep, piece, but yep. I'm glad you did. Yeah. They, they, um, Oh, I got another thing I wanted to mention. that's kind of out of place. And this is why Emil is killing the fucking Los Macizos Spanish openings. I don't know how long he worked on it, but he worked on it long enough to get it right. I just want to say, coming from a family and married with the Cuban lady, that the Spanish is dead on. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple curse words missing, but it's dead on. I, I love when he does it. Like how he, like last time when he had Jimmy Lloyd, he still made even Jimmy Lloyd's name Spanish and. Yeah, like that was funny. Like MLJ is always killer on commentary. I'm glad like I'm Val Capone did good for this black label pro. Like I, I don't mind her doing it because she ended up, you know, up in her game. If she kind of felt more natural than other people that we've kind of seen do ring announcer sometimes for GCW, where it doesn't, doesn't feel the same, no matter who's it doing it. Yeah. It's not yeah. MLJ. There is a difference where I think with Val Capone, like it didn't feel like that much of a difference where, other people i felt personally it's been a bigger difference then mm-hmm. so but yeah it's awesome seeing mlj kind of always killing that uh spanish that he's now learning and using to his advantage um i forgot during this match too they had a cool little thing where i didn't even think about until just now um with everything kind of going on in the independent wrestling scene they had a little showdown with violence is forever and uh los macizos i was like Mm-hmm. That is a match I want to see. Yeah, and, and then Jordan and Nick, uh, Jordan and Nick Wayne get involved in it. And then I was just thinking with those three tag teams, um, we know Violence of Forever has kind of been rumored to be a part of this uh, independent wrestling tag team tournament. They're starting. They're going to crown the IWTV or independent wrestling, like how they have a champion that represents independent yeah. wrestling as a whole. They're starting to do that with tag teams. And I'm assuming Violence of Forever is going to be in it. I'm assuming they're actually going to win it. I don't, nothing's been announced even yet. I think they just announced a couple hmm. hours ago who was going to start that tournament. They announced, like, they, they called it the Tag Team. It was, like, four Ts. I thought it was pretty cool. I forgot, like, Tag Team, Tournament, something. But I loved how they're kind of doing it in the independent wrestling scene. But seeing these two teams from GCW interact with Violence is Forever... I thought, man, man, is there a way we could get like some GCW regulars? Oh, that's what it is. Tag Team Territory Tournament. I think they're bringing tag teams from different territories in. Obviously, with the whole independent wrestling scene, there's not a territory. It's everybody that's doing um, yeah. independent wrestling. I just thought, like, quickly, like, with that, I remember seeing that today. And now that made me think about that interaction. It's like, I would love to see those three teams in that tag, t- in that tag tournament somehow, maybe like, have a qualifying match in GCW to who's going to represent GCW in this tournament. Who's going to represent like black label pro. Obviously it's probably going to be yep. this forever, but like, I thought that'd be kind of cool. Like these bigger name promotions from like West coast pro and prestige and um, out East. We got the H2O and like, we got the chain. Like, I don't know how crazy they want to go with this tournament. Got wrestling revolver. Out in wrestling Midwest, revolver exactly. Dude, so like ITW and HB. I would like to see these companies. I would like to see these companies like tag team. Like, Hey, this is our representative from our area, our company. Like, and I think like GCW, like maybe have a little mini tournament that people that weren't in the, the what's it called? The, the art of war games, maybe like have Jordan Oliver <clears> going against ATB and iron Mercer like, or Shane Mercer, iron demon. Like, I think that I I don't know. I thought that'd be cool to see those three interact more than what they did in this match. And that I want to see more violence in forever GCW. I always want to see Jordan and Nick Wayne. I always want to see Macy. So it's like I'm just figuring out more ways to get those all three on my screen more. So 
I know that was a little tangent there, but that's what popped no. in my mind because I totally forgot about that little moment there. So I was noticing the team GCW side has primarily just a card full of stars. If you just break up each individual person and put them in their own match, you have damn near a full card of matches. You can have a Blake Christian match. You could take Ciclope and Miedo, put them in their own match. Cole Radrick has his own match and his own belt. Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne, you could just put them together because they're obviously training. Yeah. And then here we are with uh, Tony Deppen, who could do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, Jordan, all uh, Jordan and Oliver. No, Jordan Oliver <laughs> and Wayne. I've said Wayne and Oliver, I think so much. <laughs> I'm going to say it in my dreams. But yeah, uh, Jordan and, and Wayne, they have developed fantastically as a team so far. You can see that they're really working on these tag team moves. And they really showed quite a few off in this match, and it looked fantastic, dude. I thought it was a cool way to kind of like, hey, this is our little you showcase of what's going to happen the next night against Aussie Open. And I think they are putting more tag team moves together as a team because they got whenever it happens. I don't know when they're going to Detroit. We'll talk about that later, how to find out where you can find where the next time they're going to be in Detroit or a location near you. But... Mm -hmm. um. Uh, I think they're getting ready to have that match with Motor City Machine Guns. I think that was like, I think you could see them kind of building up towards now Aussie Open being a huge name. Like that, that was like a crazy match for them to get that. But Motor City Machine Guns is on the horizon. I think they're using the, this time to show the crowd like, hey, once we get to that match, I think you're going to see a full-on, well-oiled tag team machine where we're going to be doing all these moves together for a reason. It's going to feel like an old-school tag team kind of match with the Motor City Machine Guns, and I can't wait for that. Well, it can't last forever because of the situation with AEW, unless, of course, Tony Khan is okay with having him work at GCW. But I'm 100% telling you, this is a Young Rockers team. I'm, yes. I'm just going to stick with it. I'm just going to stick with it for now. But between the tights and the look and the youth and the um, charisma, that this is exactly a team that the girls would love, the guys like watching, and they're exciting as shit. And they have bright futures ahead of them and they're not stopping for the next 20 or 30 years. So there's just so much upside there that, you know, um, the other thing I'll mention is on black label pros side, violence is forever pulled a lot of BLPs weight in this one. Uh, Los Macisos definitely put down a lot of uh, punishment on the team, but Bishop and Crash Jackson 100% looked really, really strong. I think if this was in BLP's background or if this was on a, a place that was more neutral, um, even though there's more star power on GCW's side, there's a hell of a lot of strength and talent on Black Label Pro's side. Yeah, I think everybody, not just Team GCW, I think Black Label Pro, each one of their competitors stood out like... It was awesome. Yes. It was a very awesome match. Everybody got their shit in. Everybody did good. Like uh, a team I haven't really seen much of um, Baby Bang and Austin Matthews, the Bang Bros. Like I never yes. really seen much yeah. of them, but they did like this crazy move where like they hit, I think it was Nick Wayne with a, like, with a super kick or something. And then one of the partners jumped onto the second rope, jumped onto his partner's shoulders. And then like they did like a forward roll, like barrel roll where the person that was on top rolled to the bottom and the person that was on bottom got slingshotted into a spear into Nick Wayne, which mm. was I was like, what? What was that? Like right away, I'm like, okay, <laughs> wherever these guys are next, I'm going to check them out because all, all I need is like one simple move like that. I want to see more of it somewhere, someplace. Like 
That was incredible. Crash Jackson, he, we, I've seen him before. He's the hoss. I know what to expect from him. Same thing with Bishop. Same thing with Violence is Forever. I've seen like those guys do stuff, and I always want to see them, no matter what company or promotion they're in. Um, but uh, that Austin Matthews and Davey Bang, that was insane to me. And I love how kind of KG made a, <laughs> made a little comment on commentaries. Like, hey, if you're trying to look up more about this tag team, do not yep. do it in ad.com. That was like no. the funniest thing ever. I was uh, dying on that part. It's like, yeah, make sure you just don't add.com to it. Just search them up separately, but be careful where you're searching. Don't do it at work. No, the only thing I will mention that's last, and it's only because I have such an eye on him, is the fact that, especially for this show, if not have been going forward, is that Crash Jackson has really... Um, increased his intensity by i don't know 10 20 percent but he's really increasing that intensity and it's showing out there and he's taking it to the next level and he's another one i know personally he is well spoken if they continue to try to push him and they give him a microphone um he's another one that they can go places with him you've got tankman over there right now in uh black label pro doing his thing i don't see where wrestling revolver or maybe even black label pro puts him in the championship hunt at some point yeah for sure and like i said i i this match was awesome like yeah. i was like yeah. i was expecting a lot of craziness but it did like it connected everybody got to shine in i'm i was glad to see more black label stuff even though uh, we haven't said the winner yet, but Team GCW Los Macisos do end up picking picking up the victory over uh, August Matthews and uh, Davy Bang. But I kind of figured GCW was going to win, so I was kind of hoping yeah. to see more. <laughs> I was kind of hoping to see more Black Label Pro, and I got exactly from it. And I I hope a lot of new fans now are going to go check out Black Label Pro because they do some amazing shows too as well. Um, yes, I, they're one of the oh. companies. Whenever they go live, I. I, if I don't have a GCW show to watch or something, like I will try to watch them. If not, I'll catch them there on my long list of wrestling I got to catch up on. So, um, definitely want to see all more, way more from all of these four team competitors, especially the Black Label team of seven. I definitely want to see them into uh, GCW ring more or in other promotions and territories more because that was that was fun. That was a fun show. Like I. That, that one was way better than what I would kind of... I thought it was maybe going to be a solid B-minus show. Like, I gave it like a B-plus, if not an A-minus. Like, I was entertained throughout the whole night. Mm -hmm. There was not a point where I'm like, oh, can we get on with this? Like, that, this yeah, whole yeah. night was just bang, bang, bang. And it was awesome. And it gave me great storytelling with Kylie Ray, Great action in this match. I got to see two, a legend, Ricky... Or Ricky Smiley. Uh, Ernest Miller come back. Why am I saying Ricky Smiley? Um... Ernest Miller come back like it hit on everything I wanted to see and it, it delivered. I this was a fantastic. I think that's where we have to say that the fans got sent home happy and you want to do some memorable moments, sir. Yep, but I'll let you do the yeah. start. I pretty much kind of just went over my memorable moments a little bit there. Uh, Speedball Kylie Ray was the match of the night for me, no doubt. I that was uh -huh. awesome seeing. Um, they absolutely killed it and definitely want to see those two go out again. My wrestler of the week, that the night to me is Shane Mercer from all the crazy, incredible shit he did with Marco Stunt. Um, I I want to see Shane get a little bit more of this time of going against somebody that, that he wants to, and well, that's a bigger name, maybe in other promotions. Of let's see what he could do against more talent, not more talented, but more veteran, more well-known wrestlers that have wrestled in all these bigger promotions. I think that would be a good showcase for him to show these other companies, like hey. I could be up there too with your with your guys. I think he just needs that little bit more 
um, matches against those bigger names to kind of set off that moment. And um, it was cool seeing this this match as well, seeing all the uh, great talent in this match. Like those were my three memorable. Moments. Like this match delivered. Kylie Ray, they surprisingly was match of the night. And then, um, yeah. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm counting. Eleven, twelve. I have thirteen memorable moments. Let's hear so them. I will go. Okay. Well, we can talk about some of them, so that's yeah. good too. Okay. So the first memorable moment, I I don't know if I'd put it as such, but this is kind of a collective at the end. So I would say that here they had great match placement. You had these long matches up front, nice and exciting. Somewhere in the middle of the show, they were a little shorter. Towards the end, they had one or two cooldown matches, and then we had a nice long main event. So I would say that there was really great match placement in there. There was a little bit of something for everyone, but it was a midnight show and the crowd kind of reflected it as the show went on through the night. It was not the crowd's fault. It was not the wrestler's fault. It was not the venue or the company. It was just the time. It was damn near two, three in the morning. I think the, so. the bang bros should have brought uh bang energy drinks for everybody in the crowd. And that would have up and made two dollars a piece bro you could have made some money right there <laughs> the, by the by the time the main event went on hashtag gcw blt blp fork that's a fucking hashtag what but it was it was it was trending number three in the world on twitter so i mean they were in a good spot it was i mean shit we're talking three two three four on the east coast so i mean that was pretty that's cool to be out yeah. there um if we can just for fun i want to ask nicely if anybody could at gcw if anyone hears this or if anybody would like to get in on me with this um i really like the entrance music for each one of these talents if we can hear it a little more and maybe turn up the crowd just a little more also it kind of gives it more of that live feel now there may be a reason like copyrights you know, you don't want certain songs maybe played too loud because you know that maybe there will be a sensitivity from Sony or maybe one of these other companies. And I think that's fair, too. But I'm going to tell you, um, singing with Effie or, you know, going along with some of these entrances, it's just so much fun when you can hear the crowd sing with the music and you can also hear the music plainly. I, I love watching Deppin come out yep. partially because of his music. But this opening match was incredible. Gringo was looking great in his hometown. Um, Nick Gage on every show. I like that idea since he's an employee now. I, I really wish we would have seen him in Vegas. I do know that as soon as I can see him, I'm going to lose my shit like a little six year old boy. Mox's surprise entrance was or a surprise appearance was really nice to see the Bailey Kylie face heel dynamic that you were talking about earlier. I thought that was fantastic. I was invested from the very beginning to the very end because I didn't know how the dynamic of the face heel situation was going to work. I was waiting for maybe a heel turn. I don't know. Yeah. The stunt and Mercer match was good enough to be divided into two matches with a third blow off match. I wrote that down again because I really do strongly feel that those two have enough chemistry together and they have enough meat to make more burgers than just one. I was really impressed with what they had. I guess what I'm saying here is basically just, I'd like to see more of that because that was incredible. Speaking of incredible Mercer's strength and the balance of Marco, I really thought that was really something to uh, just kind of focus on for a moment. Brian Alvarez appearing on the show and actually putting in work. Kudos to him. Meltzer on the show. Love seeing that. The Killer Kelly debut, or at least the debut to me. I'm really looking forward to seeing her more. The old school Janela and Cat match. 
it was nice to see Cat for once, at least just to kind of see him come in and do his thing. I love seeing Joey hit the Ram Jam. <laughs> something little fun the masha and sandra moon slugfest it was hard hitting it was damn near if not just as hard hitting as the swan and tankman match directly after i just wrote down here the chaos of the 14 man match was exactly incredible and then the last thing i'm so sorry i'm gonna talk for just a second okay let's go okay I wrote a little thing here and I'm just going to say it real quick and I'm going to write read it as I wrote it. So if I stutter, that's because I'm tired. But here we go. I put that uh, Uncle Meltzer there attending the show gives us another step towards more mainstream legitimacy for GCW. I think Meltzer is another sign that GCW has something special and we need to just bear witness and enjoy it. Fellow fans never forgot how special or no, I'm sorry, fellow fans, please never forget how special GCW is. Historically, us older guys understand the phenomenon that GCW is going through right now. Some of us never wanted to miss another ECW. I don't want to miss another one again. I don't think anybody else does. Uh, we need to protect this company. It is ours. It's please support the company, support the talent. Understand that it's not always money. Please. Not all of us have money. Times are fucking hard. So here's what you can do. Kind words are free. Saying something nice is not hard. No shit. I'm going to tell you personally, I know a lot of performers. I was a performer. I was a traveling performer at one time. I was a musician. Not a lot of people know that. I was in a metal band for a while. I traveled from Cleveland all the way down through Florida. I was all over the East Coast. I was fucking poor. Um, so I can tell you 100%. This is in musicians. These are in stage actors. It's in wrestlers. Depression is rampant in the performance arts. I'm not naming anyone. I'm just saying these these people are out there putting out their their souls. Um, and you have to understand that when you're traveling like that, you don't necessarily always have a home. Personally, I was depressed as hell when I was out on the road. I felt like I never had to rest. I felt like I didn't have any money, which I never really did have. And honestly, there were nights where I was just hoping that someone would have given me the attention to say, thank you. I appreciate what you do, because nobody really knew how much work was involved. All they knew was the final product they'd seen or heard. And that's what we do in wrestling, too. So I want people to kind of understand that from my perspective, I understand and most musicians and wrestlers understand that the stage is kind of like a drug. And these words kind of help you get through because when you're not on that stage for a little bit of time, that rush that's normally there is not there. And it's almost like you feel this flush. And when you have this flush, what's left is depression sometimes. It's called the silent scream in wrestling, where wrestlers will literally be cheered by 10, 15, 20,000 fans. And then at the end of the night, they're sitting in alone in a room by themselves. And it actually creates a psychological issue. I don't know how much we've ever talked about this, but yeah, it's called the silent scream. And it's mostly performers who are in large groups, like stage performers, like concerts, things like that. So um, I just want to say it, it's it's free. Literally reach out and give thanks. A lot of these performers do question themselves and validation really does make all the difference. If you want to see that, go to a show and not cheer for a performer and their match. And then I want you to go to a show one month later and actually pour your heart out and clap for them and cheer. And I can guarantee you, you will see a much better match. It is a give and take. And we need to kind of get to a point to where, as a group, wrestling fans do need to kind of change the culture to a more positive one. 
because it's only a matter of time before the wrong person um, leaves us. Yep. And, and they cite they cite people and fans who take their personal issues out on, say, the Internet because it's an easy place. But I just wanted to kind of say that it was nice to see Meltzer there. It helps to um, solidify who we are and put us on the map. And I just wanted to kind of I kind of put it in there and I kind of segued into it. But honestly, I was just basically support support independent wrestling, support independent wrestlers. And there are ways to do it for free. And some of it can just be jump online, say hello, say something nice, and just shut the damn thing off and and, and just go enjoy your day. Yeah. So because yeah. because if you've ever been a performer and put yourself out there, you have no idea how damn hard it is. And you have no idea how much words can hurt when it's coming from inside of you and it's your art. No shit. So yeah. be nice to everyone. <laughs> and especially especially like I just said, like you're like entertainer, you kind of was talking about the music stuff. Like I think for us, like as wrestling fans. It's even more important for us to do that because even if you don't like them, like you're still paying money to go watch them. You're still, you're took, you made the decision in your life to, I don't want to do anything right now other than watch this wrestling show, enjoy it and get entertainment from it. And even if you don't like the performer, like especially in the wrestling kind of setting, they are literally risking their lives for our entertainment, for our enjoyment. Or that little eight minute, 10 minute match, they are risking their lives in that eight, 10 minute matches. Like, I don't think the actual casual wrestling fan understand that the simplest bump to go wrong, a normal move you've done a thousand times, like something serious could happen, whether it be Charlie, Starboy Charlie, like doing the, like reversing a atomic drop and he does the backflip off their shoulder. How many we've seen him do that thousands and thousands and thousands of times. He comes down one time wrong on his leg and boom, snaps his leg. And like that's yep. just a leg. Like I'm talking about like more serious issues. Like like uh Sting, my favorite sting. took a fucking exactly. buckle bomb. Exactly. I watched my hero since the age of six years old, unable to fucking walk. That yep. screwed me up so hard. I think it was like the third match I'd ever seen in WWE. And, that and I'm was, like, I mean, I was so emotional. I'm sorry. I was, no. I was so emotional to literally watch him come out for the first time because I was like, he deserves this. Three matches in, I believe. Yep. And I see a buckle bomb. And the son of a bitch, his eyes are rolling in his head. He can't keep his legs out. I'm just sitting there. I'm, I'm like, that was... That was difficult because as an adult, I understood what was going on there. And I went, his fucking career. So I just watched my hero die. And, and I, luckily everything turned around. But I am anti the buckle bomb because I've seen a couple people um, overextend that neck a little bit too much and really hurt themselves badly. Yeah. And I'm talking about like, I think that's around the same time. I could be completely off around here. But like, as you're saying that, like the, the story I was going to go into, like the Pero, Pero Aguayo, I think his name is the Mexican wrestler that was in the match with Rey Mysterio for in AAA. Like he took like the most simplest. I forgot what move it was. It wasn't like he even landed bad. It's just the neck gave the neck gave on like simple move. And he died like in the ring as the match is going on. It's like this. Yeah. It wasn't like a dangerous, like an accident. Where like the Owen Hart accident wasn't like something where it was a move that like went wrong. It was just a common move. Like I just think as fans, like we need to understand, like even if we don't like the wrestlers, then shut up, don't say nothing. Like don't sit well, there and make them feel bad. Like they are out there risking their lives for ten minutes to get your enjoyment, whether you like them or not. You don't need to 
shit on him and make him feel bad because we've seen where a lot of uh, internet voices, a lot of bad words get said to certain wrestlers. We've seen, as you said, like hope, like we don't see them no more. Like it's very sad, especially nowadays with everything going on in the world, mental mental health, mental stability. Like you don't know what the performers are going through when they're performing for you. Like as uh, it's like it's it's a struggle independent wrestling's a struggle it's getting better it's getting way better than what it was that's for sure but it's still a struggle out there and to not know what the performers are going through and for you to shit on them and like they're risking their lives for you to entertain you just as as you said as fans like we we need to do better i like i need to personally do better every fan needs to do better like it's not just like we're not sitting on our hard chairs we're just trying to make it as a fan wrestling fans we're trying to make it better for everybody and also respect the performers that are out there risking their lives for us. Yeah. I just wanted to basically just say, uh, good karma. Spread yeah. out all kinds of nice things. Kind words are almost free. It might take a little electricity or internet or a phone bill, yeah. but honestly, um, feel free to say something nice because I just think it's the right thing to do. I only wrote that down because I want to say that, um, for the past 24 hours, I've heard three wrestlers get into a wreck um on their way to i believe is arizona and they needed they needed to work so bad they fucking worked the show um number one that's dedication and nobody knew that unless they looked at it online all they would have seen that there were three wrestlers wrestling in arizona yesterday and they seemed off or tired <laughs> yeah they didn't know they just got into a freaking wreck a couple hours ago and um i know of a another person who like they're just pretty much living day to day and uh people don't people don't think about that so anyway okay uh, uh yeah not not really negativity it was just it was just kind of like saying hey Meltzer's there it puts us on the right path we have the right um we have the right eyes on us number 2 let's support the shit out of this so it can go where it needs to go and they can and NGCW can give us what what we feel we could uh appreciate and then basically just say nice things and do nice things and fuck all the rest because times are hard for everyone right now. We're all having a human experience. I was just looking on Twitter and I saw a couple people having a rough time. I saw a couple other people that I had posted some stuff out there to make sure that they get a little support to help them out with their car or maybe something happened with medical bills. I try to make sure I do um, just kind of share it out there so that there's a little net of support. But the big thing in the industry is unless you're part of the screen actors guild you're not getting health insurance the only other way is to have a full-time job and some of them can handle that and most of them can't if they want to work as a performer so there's a lot of wrestlers out there no shit without without fucking teeth or without you know mm -hmm. the ability to help their back or their knee because they can't afford the health insurance and they still go out there based upon love and make sure that we're entertained and they get their dose of, you know, happy juice that they get from, from this rush. And even so, the simple thank just you, happiness, man. Yeah. And even just, the simple, thank you for what you do could motivate yeah, them yeah, to like, forget about their bad things. Hey, I am doing something good for this one person. I'm making it a good, whatever I'm doing is working obviously for this one person who knows how many more I'm, changing positively and if i'm getting the thank you that might give them the motivation to get through what they're going through or get through that match or give them the extra motivation to go take that next booking that they might have had self-doubt with i just think a lot of there's a lot of ways to be positive and show support that are not financially as you said because everybody's going through rough times financially we all got our own yeah. shit to do with yep. but a simple thank you or hey that was awesome what you did well could change you got it out of your system you did a good deed for the day 
And now that wrestler could feel good about or performer, like whatever they are, commentary, uh, behind the scenes, promoters, anybody like those hearing those nice words, simple, free gives them the motivation, gives them the confidence that what they're doing is affecting other people in a positive light to keep on providing our entertainment for giving us our enjoyment, our kind of like sometimes like not reasons to live, but like enjoy wrestling. Like it gives that, it helps out everybody. One little thing to somebody helps out. It branches out, it snowballs. And I just want to see more positivity on everybody's end to have everybody succeed and keep on providing what we are loving right now is wrestling, especially independent wrestling, GCW wrestling for years and years and years to come. Yep. The only reason I really, the only other reason I brought that up was because today I guess was my snapping point where I was sitting online and I'm seeing all the the negativity that normally comes. I think I get more on Facebook than I do Twitter. I think I'm just fortunate because I did, I did a lot of my Twitter stuff for more or less the, um, the podcast so i've been fortunate that i'm throwing out a lot of positivity i'm getting positivity back i've i've i don't think i've ever really gotten too many uh bad words um but i'm sure they've been used but i i uh i was reading all this today or yesterday i'm sorry and um it just it brought me back to the fact that i've been watching the wrestling for a long time and anyone who's my age knows that if you watched wwf they were your heroes it's sad, but in less than 20 to 25 years, almost 50% of my heroes are dead. And so much more could have been done if they had just more kind words, personal attention, or personal care. Now, there was quite a few of them that were doing their thing for their business, you know, they, but um, there's quite a few that if they just would have had better friendships or if they would have had a, a, a greater outreach in the middle of the night, they probably would still be here. And then we'd be talking about, you know, wheeling them into the Hall of Fame or something. But I just I see I see this struggle ever since I was young. I also lived and saw the struggle. I understand the stage and how addictive it is. And um yeah, I don't know. It really is a drag down towards the end. It was really like a positive. I just I just I think seeing that more wrestlers are needing help here or there and they're they're falling on life things, you know, bad shit happens in life. So um, I don't know. Somehow it just hit me and I was like, you know what? I just want to write it down. And I segued from Meltzer into <laughs> treat people nice. But um, I think it's about making sure we push them, support them and hold them up, because if there are eyes they're they're gonna need us to also be there to push them and support them you know and they so. hear it because like i don't want to so. i don't want to go too far into this i don't want to say names or whatnot but like over the weekend we had like our first feedback from a listener and it just happens to be a gcw wrestler who just said hey i was listening to the podcast i very much appreciate the words you said and helping yep. me put yep. put me over on the crowd like it's li- like not that they're listening but like People are listening. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. Like what you say, people are listening and that will get to other people where if it does get to that person, you hope it comes out in a good way where, hey, you did something nice for them. Because then his nice words to us saying how much our nice words about them was very appreciative. And that made like that made my weekend. Yeah, like I had an incredible weekend just based off of that. And it was just awesome to hear and see Like it just it's. Your words could do a lot. Like, I don't like that saying words, six and stones might break my bones. Like, no, like not, no, not nowadays. And it never was like that. It just, now it's becoming like, Hey, that shit was bad. Like words have a lot of power behind them. And even the smallest little words of whatever you say, however you say it, wherever you say it to 
once it gets to that person, if it's that big of a deal, it makes that much, it means so much more to that performer, that listener, that fan, whoever it is. And then their kind words back to you can make it, make you feel good for doing a good deed, even though that wasn't the intention of the whole, like the reason why we said what we said, it wasn't to get the love and appreciation back. It's just stating our opinions, our facts and what we think. It's just one kind words mean a lot to other people, no matter where you're saying it, how you're saying it to. And that in turn can make you feel happier getting kind words back to you, being nice to other people. So if you're feeling down, you're feeling shitty, and you think you want to take it out on other people, think of what you probably, want to hear. Probably doesn't work well. Probably yeah. doesn't work well. And, and think what you want to hear right now, though. Like, what would make you change your mind, change your thing, and say what you want to be said to you to change you? Say that to somebody else and make somebody else life better. Because like you said, good karma, it will come back around where it's going to, someone's going to say something to help you get out of whatever you need. And I just thought that was a cool thing that, that that wrestler said about us which like you said it made both of our both of our weekends and stuff like that so just stay positive everyone it's not that hard just don't be an asshole yeah it was easy. really nice to just hear someone just someone say something nice because again we're pouring hours and hours and it's really nice to hear someone say hey man um thanks yeah and you know we had someone else mention too another yep. podcast when hey man um we really appreciate how you guys break things down and go in depth and you know what i'm like Shit, I need to listen to you guys too because honestly, I really appreciate that. And I'd like to spend an hour or two at least to just sit down and listen to what they have to say because, man, every time I've listened to someone different, I don't care who it is, there's always a different arc or so, I don't care who it is. Somebody always has something unique to say. And so we're, I'm going to definitely check those guys out here. I don't have the name in front of me, but it was very, very kind of them to say something nice too, which people don't have to yep but yeah when it comes to gcw when it comes to other podcasts eventually i'd like to kind of partner up with everyone in like an actual network of niceness like no no bullshit like hey this is nice and hey over here this is and just enjoy ourselves because otherwise it can be chaos and i couldn't imagine spending 5 10 15 hours a week on fucking negativity yeah. it would just drive me nuts this is my escape this is my fun you know yep so okay okay yeah yeah and all, that. Back all to positivity. that all that yeah. chaos you just said will kind yeah. of lead into our next part as uh the chaos of the gcw art of war games weekend continues yes with uh the following episode that we will be covering or the following show that we will be covering is what show was it oh yeah it's uh, the series. next one is settlement series part two and then later on that night was art of war art so of war, yeah, that's what it was. i will be i will be writing up settlement series part two well i'll be finishing up okay embarrassingly as someone who's a fan i was adult busy this weekend yeah, so i ended up having life. to watch chunks of the show i know right so but i mean part of it was taking my family to a wrestling show the other part was i had a family member who had a birthday so i did it for all the right reasons yeah. but i did seriously miss a lot of live shows this weekend and i'm gonna have to go back and check a lot of it out but settlement series 2 looked fucking good it was it was not what i expected so yeah. i'm looking forward to it um since we're already through the shows, do you want to just do those upcoming shows? Because I only have really two upcoming shows I wanted to announce for GCW, unless you wanted to talk about anything else. Is there anything else on your mind? So we uh, do have GCW 2 to cover. And then after Settlement Series 2, as you said, Art of War games. And then after that, we will be covering Effie's Big Gay Brunch. And yeah. so with all that chaos of their weekend brings chaos into our week, as we are going to try to <laughs> podcast it here. We went through this one. We finished this one tonight. So... Uh, we'll be able to start the next one tomorrow. So hopefully check uh, check out every day this week. We're hoping to put out a new podcast. If not, 
as you know, we might not be right on schedule, but we'll be right there. But oh. maybe we might get the last few out right before the Sediment Series Part 3 happens. But we got all those shows coming up. Um, and we know GCW has a lot of shows coming up. So uh, what we would have done here, as my wife kind of set it all up and built it all, we do have a gcwplantpodcast.com website where you could go check it out. Uh, it's We kind of just made it nice and simple right now. We do have our episodes on there. Um, we do have where you can find us and all that stuff still. So if you're looking for other ways out, but the real coup de gras of this whole website is the nice, easy to read GCW upcoming events calendar. Whereas I yeah. know kind of how it all started is because it's GCW. They kind of, I don't know why the reason they don't really have a website other than a merch, which is whatever, fine. It keeps the indie scene kind of indie feel kind of to it, which is fine. But it, I, as a fan, I know it's very hard to kind of scroll their social media and figure out what show was coming up, when was it announced, yeah, and yeah. go through all that stuff. So my wife uh, created uh, this website particularly for this calendar. So if you're looking to find an easy spot to find all your upcoming GCW shows and even tickets, we have ticket links at the bottom right, right there. Um, if you're on mobile, just click hit event details and the link will pop up. But check out if you're looking for where to find or when to find GCW in your area, please check out gcwplantpodcast.com. Click on the left or you see calendars and boom, you'll see all the upcoming GCW only specific events. We're keeping that specifically GCW because I know we talk about some of these other promotions and we'll still talk about them here. That's fine. But uh, for the, for the uh, sake of my wife updating the calendar and myself when I have to do it and she can't, uh, it makes it a little easier to kind of find where GCW is going to be and where to get tickets and how to get tickets and stuff like that. So um, if you're looking for a little easier way to find upcoming events from GCW, please check out gcwplantpodcast.com. All righty. You want some upcoming shows or are we going to keep it at that? I don't know what you want to do. We could talk about the shows that weren't this weekend if you want. As you said, I know okay. you got a couple. So we could talk about those ones now and then uh, that would be it for the upcoming Sweet. shows because we got it. They're, they're busy. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got those four shows. This is number one here. We've got three more pumping out, but whoever's watching this is probably waiting for the next show. So what we're doing here is we're going to at least announce the next show. So the next show for GCW is going to be the Settlement Series Part 2. This is going to be in Boonton Elks Lodge. Oh, I'm sorry. Part three at the uh, Boonton Elks Lodge in Boonton, New Jersey. I've never heard of Boonton before. This is uh, Saturday, September 10th. It's a 2 p.m. show, uh, 11 a.m. on Pacific time. There are no announced partici uh, participants right now. We don't know what the theme may be yet. Um, we don't know what part. They may already have one. They might ask us fans for one. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I know it's going to be entertaining. There's front row tickets still available at $25. And then we also have general admission for $21. So if you have a chance, get out there. That's in the old Boonton area. And then the last one I wanted to mention is not a GCW show. However, there's a lot of GCW-related talent on the show. So if you're a fan of Slade or Akira, John Wayne Murdoch, Sadika, Matt Tremont, Big Fucking Joe, Hoodfoot, or Brandon Kirk, you'll be able to see him or them. I'm sorry. God, I am tired. <laughs> later on in the day. So we're talking later on in the day, the two o'clock show for GCW. Then we're looking at an 8 p.m. show for ICW No Holds Barred Volume 32. This is at the Hart Ballroom in Newark, New Jersey, Saturday, September 10th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. I have done some math. 
I want you to know that if you're in the New Jersey area, you can actually go to the GCW Settlement Series Part 2, and then you can get in your car. The distance from Boonton <laughs> over to Newark is about 30 minutes. So you could actually catch a three-hour show if it goes three hours. It would end then at 5 p.m., and that would give you roughly two and a half to three hours to get your ass over to Newark, and then you could see that show also. So if you get a chance, again, go out there, support the community, support the talent, support these uh, support these uh, companies, and um, just wanted to let you know what's going on. Yes, and that will still be part of our show. We, like I said, we will still promote other companies at the end when our GCW regulars, quote-unquote, or GCW roster yeah, is yeah. representing GCW at other companies. We definitely will still be mentioning that here, on the, usually at the end of our podcast like we always do. But um, like I said, for our website, the calendar is just going to be GCW only shows because we as as fans, we, kinda, we know that's how it's kind of hard to figure out what shows going on, where, where to get tickets and stuff like that, because they got so much social media going out, which is awesome and cool. But I know it does become a little frustrating to find out uh, where where upcoming shows are and stuff like that. So please check out yeah. that website. Mm -hmm. leave, leave any feedback. We're going to kind of keep it nice and simple for right now. It's not going to get too crazy. But um, my wife did work hard on that one real fast and whipped it up. So just wanted to give it a little shout out, give her some love, give her some love. And um, yes, this was a very fun show. GCW Black Label Pro for Cups Stuffed. Anything else you would like to say, John, before we head up the viewers out of here? Um, if there are any new viewers, thank you for listening. We're yes. absolutely thankful. I'm smiling ear to ear over the whole thing. Everybody's been so wonderful and um, we just want to do the same thing back. So if you have a chance, feel free to just kind of give me a message over at John J. Wolf on Twitter. And uh, if not, you can head up. <laughs> you can hit up our podcast. Okay, that's it. It's your turn, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I love everyone. I'll talk to everyone soon. We are literally 100% working as far as I know, Monday through Friday this week, making sure everybody has something to listen to to get them through until the next show. Yes. I think that's it, man. Yes, we will be <laughs> as best we can wrapping up these uh, podcasts this week. Uh, once again, as John said, thank you all for listening to you guys. Uh, this weekend has been incredible. Like I, I will go over the, I'll probably spoil the next goal now. Like we've hit every hundred using my goal. I just try to make it quicker and quicker and quicker. Well, it seems after this weekend, for some reason, that our 100% goal, like if we just released the episode Friday, I think, right before the Black Label show. Oh, during the, I released it during the Black Label show. We were at uh, 400 listeners. And just right now, as we recorded this, something happened over the weekend where we're almost to 500 already, which is way faster than we have been growing. So everyone that is out there listening, we appreciate it. We love it. Um, kind of going back to what we were talking about just a couple minutes ago, please Stay positive, show, be kind, show love, go out there, support the shows, spread out love and positivity. Everyone help out the world, help out the wrestling community. Let's all yes. be better people, be better fans, be better humans. Show love. On behalf of myself and Mr. <laughs> John J. Wolf, we will catch you on episode 18 as we cover GCW Settlement Series Part 2. And as we always send you out here, long, long live, live G C uh -huh. W.